And like when you think about her history of the DC universe and like kind of what they've built up, it doesn't really make sense for the character. Like she says this one comment, she's like, oh, you know, Atlanteans can be tricky. We got to be careful around them. Girl, which Atlanteans do you know? Uh, and then she's like all just calling Superman Kal-El willy-nilly. You don't know this man, girl. She trying to put on. <laughs> like, like she Kal-El, Kal-El. You, you met him like 10 minutes before he died. Like, what? Alright everybody. Hello. What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another relaunch. Um, I am LZ. I am Keenan. How are you doing today, Keenan? I'm doing well. Well, I'm okay, but I'm not well. That's, that's okay. <laughs> so I my gym shoes got ruined. Long what the story, hell? We won't, we won't get into it, but they got ruined. And so I recently ordered some new ones. I ordered two new pairs, one for running and one for weight training. They were supposed to arrive yesterday. I've been out of the gym all week. Mm. And so today was supposed to be like my rebirth with my new shoes. Come on, rebirth. They did, they did not arrive. <laughs> <laughs> they did not arrive at one time. So <laughs> that happened. But it was okay because... We had some stuff to do. I had some things to read and some things to watch, which I know we're gonna talk about. Yes, we did. We had a lot of <laughs> a lot of good stuff. I've also been out of the G- the gym all week, but that was a conscious decision. I respect that. You know, I had a bunch of stuff to read though, so let's get into it. Um, okay. First up is Nightwing number seventy eight. So this is brand new. Um, yeah. Oh, Taylor. this is the new run. Yes, brand new run okay. with uh, Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo. And I know you're not a Nightwing fan like that, so I will take it from here. <laughs> okay. Well, to be fair, to be fair, I was going to pick it up. Okay. I was going to try it out because I, I tend to like Tom Taylor, and I really like Bruno Redondo's art. I just art was didn't realize it came out this week. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot that went on. So I'll allow it. Um, the the art was fantastic, like, just to get that, like, out the way. <laughs> like, Bruno yeah, Redondo's yeah, yeah, art yeah. Is, is amazing. Um, the colors on this was, um, I'm not exactly sure who the colors were. But the colors were uh, Adriano Lucas. And okay. I hadn't, I don't think I've ever really read stuff with his kind of coloring in it before, but the way that they complemented each other was fantastic. Like, he really does well with like like blending like very warmer colors and stuff together um yeah. so a lot of really cool sunset sunrise shots you know <laughs> of the city <laughs> and um so yeah automatic like the art amazing okay. um, tom taylor has a thing where he just really understands like a character and he gets really I, deep into like the core of what they're supposed to be about and like just goes crazy with it Exactly. And um, I feel like the core of Nightwing and Dick Grayson is just like his kindness and like mm-hmm. his like perseverance and his like he's going to help people out. Like that's just what he is, you know? Yeah. And um, he's kind of like the face of like justice and like he wants to be a hero and stuff. 
And you really feel that in this. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of heart in this book. Um, there's a cute little dog that, you know, uh, Dick saves at the beginning of the story. Well, and of course, of course he saves a dog. There's always a dog. And is it a gimmick? Yes. <laughs> of course he saves a dog. <laughs> I did. Um, he saves his cute dog. Um, and you kind of just see like a little bit more of Nightwing's history. Like when he was kind of growing up, he was always kind of saving the the underdog and helping out. A kid is getting bullied and, you know, Dick as a kid kind of steps in. Him and uh, Babs, anyway. They were like, you know how they were childhood friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get a little bit of flashbacks to that. This story overall, like, you really get a sense of where Tom Taylor is kind of going to take this. The art and stuff is super dynamic, but the writing you really feel is, like, introverted into Dick Grayson's head. And mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, you know, normally when you get, like, a new creative team on something, I try to catch up <laughs> with the other before. <laughs> I don't think you... Um. So my thing with Nightwing is I know a lot of people like him, like, a lot. And But it's, like, interesting because I've never really seen good things said about his comic book runs themselves. Um, like, I know a lot of people weren't really into the whole... <laughs> the whole, like, Rick Grayson thing that happened. That's what um, they you know what i'm saying it's like i know a lot of people didn't really like i think it was like agent 13 or something like that um (laughs) yeah you know what i'm saying so it's like i always hear like everyone say oh yeah i really like nightwing but then it's like when you hear about his books it's like oh i don't like his books (laughs) (laughs) he's got a complicated history with runs it's it's not that they and i don't know how tom taylor is gonna do with this we'll see um he there's some kind of like villain that's kind of overarching that I've seen that's going to come out of this, but supposedly like the, he's going to be dealing with the daughter of the guy who murdered his parents. So in this Mm. book, you, you, you learn about who killed his parents, you know, that I think it was Tony Rucco was his name and his daughter ends up like the mayor of the city or something. And she is a blood haven and she is not, a great lady. <laughs> she <laughs> some, um, some very also shady people. So yeah. um, I'm excited to kind of see where that stuff kind of goes because a lot of his runs before they never really push Nightwing forward. It's like you get a lot of this heart and you get a lot of dick, but the story's just like I don't know. They just be there. It's <laughs> <laughs> never um... like anywhere. But I'm hoping with this one, there's like a little bit more like finesse to his story and some more mm-hmm. exciting things that comes out of it he is a little bit of this is feeling like you know that that hawkeye matt fraction you yeah. know we're peeling back the the part of you being a superhero we're going to see you like be living in your apartment and stuff uh, every day regular guy <laughs> yeah yeah and you get a little bit of that you you learn that alfred uh, I think he died. I don't know how he died because I wasn't keeping up with the Batman. I did book. hear that Alfred is dead now. That's yeah. like a big thing. And he left Dick like a shit ton of money. <laughs> and like like a lot of money. So Dick is... So Alfred was rich? Yeah. Because he was like... He had like Wayne stocks and all this other kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> yes, just, Alfred. Like, <laughs> he said... <laughs> <laughs> okay. He said, I'm putting something on the side. <laughs> right. He said, I know. He said, don't think I'm just changing these sheets for nothing. 
<laughs> I know that's right. But okay. Shit. Oh no. <laughs> um. So he like leaves Dick a lot of money in this like really really heartfelt note that's about how like Dick is just a great person. Like he's just a good, a good person. And he's like, I need you. I want you to like continue being that good. And um, you make me proud. Like, and he called him like his son. So mm-hmm. um, uh, Dick is extremely wealthy. He bought this entire like apartment complex, <laughs> like a whole block, <laughs> because he and it's like his like lair or whatever. So um, you're gonna get a little bit of that in this going forward. Probably him, you mm-hmm. know, living out of his apartment and. And stuff. I'm I'm definitely gonna be in. I would give this book a um I'd give it a solid four out of five for sure. Okay. Do yeah. we see any of the um like does he have a supporting cast? So far it's literally just him and his dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean that's really that's really just Nightwing and his dog. And that's the thing with Nightwing, he doesn't ever really have like major supporting casts in his books if anything it's like just other characters coming in and like because everybody likes dick grayson or like nightwing so Mm. you know you'll get starfire to come in or you'll get uh red arrow to come in for a bit or something a bunch of cameos then they just leave Mm. it's mostly just him by himself but now it's dog (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't ever have like a big supporting cast he probably needs to i was gonna say maybe that's what it is what he needs to kind of like ground some of these stories so he's not constantly bouncing around from rick to agent 13 to nightwing to dick well i wonder what would happen if you gave nightwing a sidekick you know him i mean i feel like they tried that when they like had him be batman and like damien was his robin Oh, yeah. Well, I meant like Nightwing, a sidekick, like him as himself, where he's not feeling someone else's mantle. He's doing mm-hmm. his own and he has to take on somebody else now. Like someone him. aspiring to be Nightwing. To be Nightwing. Yeah. Ooh, maybe. I don't know. I, I, Nightwing's just so. I know you're going to read the book. Anyway, okay. Up next is Justice League number 59. Now, I did not read this. You didn't read this? I did not know. Why did you not? It's it's a new Justice League. What do you mean? I no. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, no. Honestly, so it's it's Bendis and Marquez. Okay, two people you I know. do like. Marquez is fantastic art. I love his art. Like stunning. The book looks stunning. Like fantastic. Was the only good thing about Civil War Two. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's about right. <laughs> um, but you know, so they kind of like launch off into this book. So it's the story is like very straightforward. It's kind of like Bendis at a very decompressed level. He is kind of just like forming the Justice League, basically. This villain pops up out of nowhere. He attacks these people. Um, Shazam, I'm sorry, Shazadam. <laughs> no, he's the he's just going by Adam at this moment. Okay, um, but <laughs> Shaz- Adam is there, and he's kind of like he saves the guy. He starts fighting him. Then the rest of the Justice League show up: Superman, Aquaman, Hawk Girl, and Batman. And they like beat this guy back. He's like, okay, maybe I came here too quick. I didn't know what I was getting myself into with like you people. You can actually fight. Because, like, Hawk Girl's mace, like, reacts with him in a weird way. It's, like, magic, and it starts, like... It's beautiful art. 
fantastic. Okay. And then the issue kind of ends with them trying to figure out where this guy came from. Batman and them are doing research. Turns out he's from Naomi's universe. And so at okay. the issue, yeah, and so the issue ends with Black Adam like kind of confronting Naomi. And he's like, because I guess he realizes that something else is happening. He, there's even like some commentary between him and Superman where he's like, you know, this is an invasion of some sort. And that, you know, that's Batman. Superman's like, what are you talking about? And he's just like, he's coming back. Like he might have left right now, but like he's coming back with more people. It's going to be a really big thing. Um, so that yeah, but is, they're talking about that alien that kid that they found from. Yes, his name universe. is Brutus. Because it's giving yes. dark side. That sounds like a dark side. <laughs> I think this is trying to move away from dark side. It's definitely <laughs> Brutus from Naomi's universe. And okay. he is like here trying to do whatever. They beat him back. Honestly, I don't. I picked the book up for the Justice League dark back, backup story. Oh, that's right. I forgot this book is good. Yeah. Before, yeah. Before <laughs> so it's like I had to pick that. And that was like really, really good. Oh, good. Okay, that so, makes okay. sense. So, okay. you know, it's Ramby. I can't I can't think of the artist's name right now. Forgive me. But, like, it's Ramby. And everybody knows, like, I'm kind of a Ramby stan, like, at this point. Like, yes. it's official. Like, just his original Justice League Dark run, um, the Swamp thing, the Future State stuff he did, this, it was good. Um, I don't know. You know, if he's not. <laughs> <laughs> If he's not, you know. Um, but he kind of like tells the story. Basically, um, Merlin's coming in doing some like crazy dark magic type of stuff, and there are these two cults. Um, and you know, I love a cult type situation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one half, one cult believes that this angel is going to come and like give them the tools to fight for heaven, and this other one believes that this demon is going to come and give them the tools to fight for hell. Both of these things are true and happen, and so like the people who believe in the demon start going crazy, and they're fighting the people fighting for heaven who have also gone crazy because they've like gazed upon this angel in his pure form, and it's like, wow, and the gift that they leave is Jason Blood. I don't. Oh. Well, yeah, I don't I know mean, if you. I don't know. You know, I don't get down with magic like that. So I, I, say, I, I, say. I realized that reveal probably didn't hit you the way that I wanted it to hit you. It did not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it did not. Uh, but I know Jason, the name. Jason, he's it's Etrigan. Oh right, basically. yeah. Yes. But like, um, Jason Blood died in the last volume. Gone, of... gone, gone. The form of man rise the demon Etrigan. Yes, come on. There you go. Yes. I, I know a little bit. Um, but so he died in the previous volume, and so now he's like back, and so it's like a rise. And then like Zatanna and John. So I actually don't like Zatanna or John Constantine together. I don't like that relationship, like at all. I wanted to like. Is it? Why don't you like them together? It's never anything. It's literally the exact same thing every single time. Like, <laughs> like it's literally like Zatanna comes That's in, she doesn't. She, yeah, it's like she's mad at him. She doesn't trust him. He's like trying to be a charming asshole. They're in love. They go about their way. They break up again and just do the same thing over and over. It's like okay, we got it. It's probably time to push that forward or just end it. Exactly. That's where we're at right now. <laughs> and so, so um, I've been there. <laughs> we didn't all the been book, there. <laughs> it's good 
the Justice League story, <laughs> I will give that a three out of five. Again, like it's it's oh. fine. The art the art pushes it. The art really carries it. Okay, the, that part of the story. It's like they okay, like you know, Bendis's DC work just really hasn't been hitting me the way I wanted it to anyway. Either. But um, which has kind of been disappointing. But that's a story for another day. Um, the Justice League Dark backup story though, I would give that a three point five out of five. Only oh, okay. because only because it's so short. Oh. So it's okay. like, it's it's just a backup story, but it's like it's a very good backup story. But it's like, oh, there are some things that you kind of feel like I could get a little bit more of this, or I would like to have got a little bit more of that. But at the same time, it's like you really can't. Do you think a book like DC, I'm sorry, like uh, Justice League Dark, should have stayed a solo book by itself, or do you think yes. that the combination kind of like helps? the book sell, I think. I personally think it should have stayed its own book. Okay. Um, just because also, unless the stories are going to tie in some type of way, it feels very jarring. Okay. I wonder if they ever, they probably will have a crossover or something at some point. But does it just like end and then you just start the Justice League story and then and that's it? Yeah, exactly. That's what happened. Yeah, okay. Well... <laughs> Yeah, they probably could have stayed on its own thing then. Um, well, I will maybe probably check it out eventually. I don't even really like the roster. Not eventually. The roster's fine. Um, there's nobody there for me. <laughs> yeah, there's Canary is another me. character I've learned that I just like watching her fight. Okay. i really like watching her fight i love watching her beat somebody's ass i don't know how interested i am in her per se um i'm interested so i mean i like black canary i like green arrow from a distance i aquaman is my favorite character i like hot girl um so i got a lot there i'm kind of interested to see like naomi and how she fits into all of this yeah i think that's going to be like a really interesting plot point um, just because as again, the story goes on and like if that gets more explored, then I'll probably jump in. Yeah, it, again, like she's kind of been her history for me in DC is kind of shaky. I don't know too much about. It. I read the miniseries. I still kind of don't really know what happened in it. Um, but we'll see. I'm excited. And you're like, hey, let's do it. She's yep. like showing her friends like her powers and stuff when Black Adam comes to like get her. So it's pretty exciting. She's like fun. Or what? Which, what can she do? She was flying, and she had some light. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, (laughs) up up next is uh, Catwoman number 29. I did not read this either. So, okay, so... Art with this? Who? Joelle Jones? No, so she's doing covers. The art was by... Blanco. Oh, I gotta remember that artist's name because the art was really good. And the, there's this new villain um, that's in the book with this super sweet design. It's like, you know, I love a hood. So first of all, it's got like this hood and there's like this honeycomb pattern on the face and the arms that light that lights up. And it's kind of like this uh, military-esque stealth type of suit situation going on with the boot Uh-oh. it's a like it's hot like it's hot like it's giving yeah <laughs> yeah it was hot like it was really hot i was like okay I'm, I'm feeling this um i think this is a book that i would kind of have to go back and catch up with there were a lot of things happening in this issue that kept saying like oh reference 
Catwoman 22 or like this was the last issue or and it was like in one page there were like four different editors notes for that so I was like oh okay <laughs> yeah, what page is with this um Ram writing okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um once I saw that he was writing I was like oh yeah I'm gonna get, go ahead and give this a shot um so again like it's a pretty pretty interesting story like someone is trying to kill the Riddler and um Catwoman basically goes to save him and then they also find out that whoever these people are, they have poison ivy like hooked up to some machine and they're like trying to do something with her. So I was like, again, like these are all characters who I like enjoy. Poison Ivy, Riddler, and Catwoman. Catwoman, I don't know why. I think Catwoman's kind of like in the black canary situation for me. I, I like seeing her fight and like do her thing, but I don't really think Selena herself was that interesting. Um, however, she was here. So Okay. Okay. That was a plus. Okay, um, maybe Ramsey might be you a little bit more, you know. Yeah. Um, and and it, but but again, I also think maybe it's just because the character she was around. And one thing I've noticed, like um, Catwoman and Riddler kind of like pair off a lot. Like they do. Yeah. I'm into that. <laughs> I'm into it because I always think of them as like a weird, not a couple or any kind of romantic relationship between them, but like. A weird like friendship, like they kind of yeah. like kind of thing. <laughs> it's like the way she comes to save him. I'm like, oh, that's like really cute. And I like start thinking about it. I was like, they're together a lot. And I was like, this yeah. is like a kind of a cool thing. I was into that. So um I would give this a four out of five. Oh, okay. For I sure. Um, I started this series when it came out of rebirth. Mm-hmm. Whatever them damn DC relaunches are. <laughs> um, <laughs> I started Catwoman back then because I could have swore it, it was Joelle Jones on the art. I think that's what made me like get into it, or at least she was on covers. Yeah. But I didn't stick with it um, because I wanted more from Selena. I'm, yeah, just, and so and from rooftop to rooftop. <laughs> and know? that was my thing. Like I'm pretty sure like um, Joelle was writing and drawing it for a very long time. Oh, wow. and, like okay. again, like Joelle Jones staying account like. Yeah. She will always be up there for me. I support it. Um, but like you said, so like I said, Selena just wasn't interesting to me. Like beautiful book, great to see her like do her thing, but it just wasn't too much there. Um, this one, like I said, maybe it's only happening because once again she is with Riddler and Poison Ivy is in it. These are all characters I like, so mm-hmm. we'll see. I'm definitely gonna stick around for this first arc though. Okay, maybe I might have to jump back into Catwoman then and catch mm-hmm. uh, there's so many books I gotta catch up on. <laughs> Finally caught up on Daredevil though. Um because I like, I'm oh. like wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm liking this. And um I will say Daredevil stands, I get it. Um You get it. Daredevil's a really good book. <laughs> Welcome. I get, I Welcome. Welcome. He's sad. And like things never seem he's to always work out. sad. He's always sad. He he actually has like the worst life of anyone in the Marvel <laughs> universe. Like he is a miserable man. Like a miserable I man. He, I don't know how he keeps pushing through. It's just like, <laughs> he was just like in the last issue, he was on the ceiling, just like I mean on a rooftop, barely like able to catch his breath. And then mm-hmm. up come Electra. <laughs> it's like you can't win. It's just like he's bad. It's just no, he down bad all the time. Well, okay. Well, speaking of people being down bad, um, up next is X Force number eighteen. Um, and by people being down bad, I mean the mutants on this island in X Force. <laughs> um, They've been going through it in that book. Uh, there's some kind of like haunting creature on the island, 
and it, it's been going around and like telepathically and like and sometimes physically i guess harming people and no one knows what's okay. up um this issue was uh written by benjamin percy and the art was uh gary brown and i will say i did not like the art i will go ahead and admit that one i did not really like the art i think Um, i saw like some panels posted on twitter of um like gene and wolverine and scott (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, Yeah, that face was not given no it was not you know i've had an interesting journey with gene and probably people on who've been listening to this have (laughs) have noticed my um very, very mm-hmm. interesting uh, resolutions that I've had with Jean and how I feel about her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and how the things that happened in this in this book with her, I am not surprised she was doing. <laughs> oh, okay. You know? um, so you take that how you will. <laughs> but the things that Jean was in this book doing and who she was doing them with, as opposed to doing because you know sometimes people that that's just who they are <laughs> it, it is, that, it is, is it, that is true but it, it is um but they've been on this island and and like there's been this like ghost ghoul thing harming people um sage is like a drunk i guess and oh, okay. <laughs> she's been drinking a lot and talking about how like it's harming like the computer mind that she has and on x-force beast and sage made like a deal with each other that if anything ever went crazy they would just kill each other because like if any of them ever like became possessed or whatever they would just kill each other because it's better for you to be killed and just reborn than for someone to take your body and like get all the information or or whatever out of you. Okay. So that's that's like the little thing that they've got going on there. They've like talked about that. And I will say though, as much as I did not like the art, the there were some telepathic scenes in here that I thought were pretty mm-hmm. cool. The mindscape okay. that he did with it was was kind of interesting. And just the way that he drew telepathy in it mm-hmm. was good because Kid Omega is in this. And, you know, he's an Omega-level telepath, so you expect him to have some skill with this stuff. And, you know, his girlfriend, I forget which couple he's with, but they are using their (laughs) telepathy together. And um, they go into Beast's mind because he's been like her, and they come to find out that this ghoul or this thing or whatever is like a psychic, like, apparition, I guess, of Kid Omega. It's been him that's been I mean, all these people on, on online or whatever. And Beast gets possessed, but then, like, Sage comes over and, like, cracks his neck and kills him because, again, they had that... You earlier talked about this pact, but you never really knew what it was until she, like, came over and just, like, killed him. And because while he is... While Beast is, like, struggling in this psychic coma, basically, and trying to come to, he's saying, like, kill me. Um, but mm. no, no one knows what he's saying, and he's it's being written like he's speaking in gibberish. And then she comes over in and takes care of that. So okay. um, later you find out like that the whole ghost thing was Kid Omega. And now that's going to be like, what's happening next? Like, how does he fix that? So I'm assuming he's just that powerful where he can actually like make these telepathic things. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what's up. This issue for me, 
I don't know, it's it's clicking down a little. So, so I might, I'm going to go the, with like a 2.5 out of 5. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did appreciate in it earlier that um, they were, they, by they I mean it was um, Kid Omega and the Kuku. Mm-hmm. They were trying to be like, you know, how do we kind of figure this out? And the Kuku said, like, we should go to Jean. Like Jean would be able to help us. That's the first person she brought up. And mm-hmm. um, he was, she was like, you know, she's an Omega level telepath. Like we could get her to help. And Kid Omega was like, no, like we don't need Jean. I don't need to go to Jean. You don't need to go to Emma. Like we could be able to do this stuff on our own. And um, didn't she quit X Force? And uh, Cuckoo was like, no, I think she quit Beast. Um, she never quit. <laughs> <laughs> mm, okay, that's cute. Um, do you think? that part of your low score for this could be the art? Like, do you think if it had better art, you would have enjoyed the story a little bit more? Um, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I don't think so, because this whole, like, this whole Kid Omega arc right now kind of feels a little random, only because um, it's a little bit less, obviously he's like going to be facing himself and maybe the next issue will get a little bit more like introspective into this. But it yeah. felt like with the last issue, we got a bunch of stuff with him talking about like where he, how he grew up since we had never really learned, learned about that his like yeah. powers manifested and that's how he killed his parents and stuff like that. And um, whereas I thought we were going to continue that kind of introspection stuff, but this was yeah. just like, I don't know. It felt it felt kind of fillery. <laughs> okay. I feel like the next issue where he's gonna be taking on his probably doctor self will be interesting and get a little bit more there. Um, I'm not. I've learned I actually don't really like a lot of the telepathic characters. <laughs> um, so <laughs> this will be interesting to see like what's gonna be going on next with him. Um, but we'll see. Okay. Next force an interesting run for me so far. <laughs> I can't tell if I really like it or or if I just like the like mission stuff that they've been kind of going on. So mm. I'm sticking with it for now. Okay. If we drop, if we drop below a two, I'm out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of not dropping below a two, up next is Captain Marvel number 27. And I am all the way in for this one. Um, oh, she, this is the one where she gets magic, right? Not yet. So this one is written by Kelly Thompson and the artist David Lopez. And David Lopez was the artist who did the second run of Captain Marvel with Kelly Sudakonic. So he's like returning to the character. And so it's been really cool to see him come back. The art was fantastic on this book. Yeah, he's got a really good style. I love his art. And this issue for me was really great because you get a lot of how Carol's personality is in this and one thing that I feel like people don't like accept any way about Carol is you're not supposed to like her you're not supposed to like always agree with everything that she does that's kind of the point um I don't agree with all her choices (laughs) and I and a lot of my favorite characters, at least at least like my top five favorite characters, I match their energy in some way. Like that's the thing that kind of brings draws me to them. I don't really match a lot of the shit that Carol does, <laughs> so um, or the choices that she makes. But I can. The stories are still really interesting, and because she is very like 
headstrong and her her perseverance can be in my opinion inspirational at times annoying too because she truly believes that like she is doing the right thing even though she and not really listening to other people tell her that this good thing you think you're doing isn't harming anybody no but it's still not the right thing to do and you need to listen to people <laughs> um but i think that still like makes for an interesting story and you get that story but through the lens of her breakup so the last issue we saw her and Brody break up because you know she was like i can't do this i met your future daughter it would hurt me to feel like i was stopping her from becoming like into existence um and probably also i think deep down she realized that if he's gonna be with somebody else i should just let him go be with somebody else and this issue she is not really taking it well (laughs) not really taking the breakup that well she's all in her room uh crying and been sitting there a spider woman breaks bust through the window (laughs) and breaks through her window my girl (laughs) and tell her like you know you need to get up and um Carol's like, no, I don't want to get up. Like, I just want to sit here and mind my business. Like, leave me alone. And uh, by the end of their whole conversation, Spider-Woman gets her to get out of her bed and go out on this mission. Now, the mission is just, like, a dumb mission. They're, like, fighting cats that, like, like have acid spit or, like, they shoot acid from their butts. (laughs) It's, like, a random – the mission don't even make sense. Um, but the point of it was it got her out there. But I was then, about to say, that actually sounds kind of fun and like cute for yeah, them to do. And they were fighting wizards. <laughs> that yeah. Were cats. And um, so it was cute for them to be doing all that. And she, afterwards, you know, Carol likes to punch stuff. And mm-hmm. she's like, that did make me feel a little bit better. I appreciate it. But that you see like a week and a half go by. And every day she's been doing that. Like she's always on a mission. And again, <laughs> she's like laying in her bed and Spider-Woman burst through her window again. <laughs> and um, Carol's like, what the hell? I just got that fixed. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, and you know, out or whatever. But she burst in her window into her place in, with this like really cute dress on <laughs> and a shoe. And she's like, get up. We're going to go out. Um, and she's like, what are you talking about? Like, I do get up and go out. She's like, yeah, but ever since you, ever since I got you out of the bed, to start doing missions and stuff, that's all you do, and you're not having fun. So they end up having like a girls' night with um, her. Uh, uh, Monica comes, um, Hazmat shows up, and uh, L'Oreal, her. her okay, um, Hazmat making an appearance? Because she, she was in the very first arc, like, wasn't she? She has pretty much been in every issue. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, she's like Carol's, like, pseudo sidekick not like any kind of official sidekick but like in the beginning of the in the beginning of this run i think that she met up with her because she carol was meeting with tony and tony built hazmat a better suit for her to like help contain Mm -hmm. uh, radiation or whatever and um they like met there and (laughs) carol liked hazmat's attitude like how she didn't give she gave carol shit she's like oh i kind of like this girl yeah, that sounds about right. They so seem they, like they would get along. Yeah. <laughs> so they've been getting along ever since then. Um, but yeah, you get to see this whole kind of breakup thing. Carol is still not like handling it well. And she tells people, like, you gotta leave me alone, like let me grieve the way I wanna like do this, like I'm gonna be okay. She goes out and she feels like people are expecting her to start drinking again. And mm-hmm. that was that, that, 
really really interesting thing that goes through this because you know Carol is um, a like former alcoholic. Alcoholic, and the very first thing that she asks Jessica is like, "Did you think that I was gonna be in my place alone drinking? Is that why you mm. can't check on me?" And um, Jessica's like, "No, I didn't think that, but I do want to check on you." And of course, she goes to a bar and she's sitting there hanging out. And who shows up but Doctor Strange? Okay. They meet up at the bar and they like start chit chatting. And Doctor Strange is about to offer her like a drink, and he's like, "Oh, you want some?" And he was, she was like, "Oh, you know, I can't have this, right?" And he was like, "Oh, yeah, that's right. I forget that you like." Or whatever, and he, she was like, you know, we don't really like talk that often. I was like, say, I was like, and I like the fact that like Kelly Thompson with the writing is like calling out that like they've been around each other, but like they don't ever interact with each other. Yeah. And they were like, she was like, I guess you're right. We don't like actually hang out. So they get to talking and hanging out at this bar and whatever. He magics her uh, alcoholic drink into like a um, like a spritzer or something <laughs> for her. And, they, and uh she wakes up the next morning who was in her bed. <laughs> oh, and then she's not even drunk, so she did it on her own. Yes, yes, she did. This was a conscious choice. Um <laughs> and she the, there's a, a really cool moment of Carol being under her covers <laughs> and, and all it says is so <laughs> mistakes were made. <laughs> and <laughs> you turn the page and it's it's the two of them in their bed. But they're like, you know, um, Maybe it was a mistake, and <laughs> Doctor Strange is like a mistake three times, and Ooh. Carol was like, Carol was like, yeah, a mistake three times. Well, maybe not. <laughs> and uh, they were like, it's just temporary madness, and then they kiss each other again. So, who knows? What's Are you happening into there? that? I think I am. Okay. <laughs> I think I am, mostly because I would, I wouldn't mind them having this like we started off as like this, we just. Met yeah. randomly one night. I was in a post-breakup, <laughs> you know, mood. Yeah. You were just there, and we hadn't really talked to whatever, and we ended up hooking up. If they take it from there and, like, actually show them having... Growing. growing and, like, growing into a relationship, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be here for it. Okay. Because you were never really, like, here for Carol Rohde, were you? No, because Carol Rohde, uh, they started out forced. They just woke up and, like, were a couple. <laughs> in yeah. my opinion. You and you saw them do stuff where they would interact a little bit in the Captain Marvel book, mm-hmm. and you kind of at least see a little bit more of their relationship. But for the most part, the initial beginnings of it, like it just turned up that they were like a couple. Together. Yeah, yeah. Like randomly one issue, they were spotted together, like kissing, and then that was it. Um. Wow. So with this one, at least, I wouldn't mind it, and I also think that the both of them are so arrogant. Mm-hmm. That I think it works in a way, because I think that they are so arrogant where they would admire each other in a weird, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Which like, would, they would like to argue. I get it. Yeah, yeah. That's my that's classic that's, trait like, too. <laughs> I was I gonna it. say, girl, I think you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Uh, <laughs> and I, I can see them having a very, you know, magic versus what's real kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know, like oh. The magic stuff don't make no damn sense, <laughs> you know, like I always say. And him being like, no, it is, or whatever, throughout the mm. relationship. So I don't know. Okay. I could be here for it. We'll see. Okay. I, we'll I see. give this issue a, 
I give it like a 3.5, almost four out of five. Okay. Yes. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Definitely check it out, y'all. Or at least the next issue is the one with the cut her on the cover with the Oh, with the new suit and she has everything. So I'm assuming probably what's gonna go on, because she mentions it in, in this book that Ove, which was the big issue from the last the big mm-hmm. villain from the last book, he like got away. <laughs> so oh, that's right, because like, he escaped to like the present time. The right? present. And he's just she's like, I don't know how to find him. So I, I think she's probably gonna have to turn to magic for help and who can help her now, but you know. Her new honey dip. She, she got a little magic in her now. Okay. Got a little magic stick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely check that out, y'all. <laughs> All right. Up next is sword number four. Now, wait, wait, wait. So before we even get into sword, can we talk about the Hellfire Gala? Oh, yes. The looks. The looks. <laughs> the looks. <laughs> the girls ate. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, so I don't know the X-Men, I guess, I don't know what else is going to be going on at the Hellfire Gala, but the X-Men are going to be de- debuting as their new team at the Hellfire Gala. Mm-hmm. And uh, Emma Frost has sent out invitations. I don't know to all who, or like, it seems it's maybe. Supposed to, it's, it's supposed to be like everyone. So I remember like I saw like a solicitation and like all the nations are coming. They're inviting all the superheroes. So I think like the Avengers might be invi- uh, invited, which will be interesting because if they bring their wow. little, I was gonna say, what's wow. homegirl coming? <laughs> if they bring their homegirl, like it might be some mess, and you know, it's like all month is the Hellfire Gala, so it's like, who knows if, what we might see? If they bring their homegirl, I'm gonna be there like Exodus, just like, <laughs> why is she here? <laughs> uh, it's like humans on what island? Um, okay, humans on what island? <laughs> you know, so they're supposed to become so it's supposed to be a big thing. It's like, you know how the Avengers used to have like those huge press conferences where they like unveil their new teams? That's all this is. Yeah. It's a stunt. That's a great, <laughs> come on, stunt. <laughs> comparison, though, the Avengers definitely have done that a lot, like, like every time. All the time. <laughs> like all the time. That's all they do. <laughs> this is going to be great that the X-Men actually get to like have their own little thing. And of course, yeah. they just aren't doing like a press conference. It's a Met Gala. <laughs> okay. You and the mutant fashions, and so it's like you know we've done, me and you we've talked so much about like artists and character design, like how important it is, and it's like you know we talked about Joelle Jones when she had her interview for Wonder Woman, and she's talked about how she looked at all these different fashion inspirations, and it's like I love seeing the artists who implement that into their work because it's like you get stuff like these Hellfire Gala designs that are just like so fun and so big and so out there and so comic booky. And I know a lot of times with comic books, we get into the conversations about costumes and practicality and stuff like this, but it's like, this is a visual world. Make right. it as big and as crazy as you absolutely want to be. And that's one of the things I love about these looks like the storm look she's making a, her cape is a storm cloud like, with wow. lightning. I don't know how that makes sense, but it's doing it. (laughs) And it's like, I make no damn sense, but I love it. It's like, yes, like this is what I want. And it's like, I, um, you know, you saw it, and so many people were like, oh, now I want this to be my character's like permanent costume. The Gene fans, Gene needs it. Okay, let's start start there. You know. Y'all need to start fighting for um the, Oh for no, they've they've been fighting. Like okay. it's 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 loud. Ooh, wait. Did you just hear you said Gene fans? Y'all need to start fighting. I know I, know, I figured you caught it. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. This yeah. is a moment. <laughs> okay. Um, I got I got a little emotional. I think wow. <laughs> I did. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but no. So it's like, hope I got is coming. Love those. Who was your favorites? Um, Jean, I love that look for her. Honestly, mm-hmm. like, it fits. A major upgrade, and it fits right. It fits like her it, them short pants. <laughs> very, all, very. All of it fits. Um, I also really saw that the. When a uh, Russell Dodderman, who did like the, of all these designs, when he mm-hmm. talked about like the inspiration for them, and with her, the back out thing was supposed to be like a nod to when she got captured in that black dress when she first got turned into the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, thought that that was really cool, and like obviously the shoulder pads thing is from her nineties costume, most and most of her costumes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I, I liked what he was pulling from from there. Um, so I liked Jean's look, Storm's look. Of course. I mean, wow. Number one. Number one. <laughs> I mean, wow. And um, Monet. <laughs> Monet, good. look, I'm sorry. She did <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. Like the hat that was like. The, the, the headdress? Was, the pendant's headdress? Yeah. Yeah. yeah with sheer pant and. Yes. I was the, the girls came. The girls came. Um, the girls came. And. Who else is there I like? Those were my top I, three. So sure. I like Rachel. So it's like shockingly enough, I loved Rachel's look like okay. a lot. Like Rachel yeah. and Betsy, of, Captain and Betsy, of course. I love, I love, I love a McQueen reference, and that, that's what both of them were. And mm-hmm. you know, Rachel's if it because I was actually I'm not a huge Rachel fan, but I've always enjoyed that red costume of hers. So like the spike embellishments, the braid leash for Amazing Baby. Yes. Hey, come on. <laughs> Yes. This is what I'm talking about, fashion. Like, I love when they were looking at, like, inspiration from fashion to, like, give these, to give them their looks. And it wasn't just, like, I don't know, a repeat of the, something from the damn 90s. It was, like, <laughs> it was like, it mixed it, and it's, like, I love the way, he, and even, like, with uh, Captain Betsy's look, and, you know, it was such a uh, callback to her original pink costume when she first joined the X-Men, like, yes. with the, like, tassels coming out the sleeves, and the puffy, and, you know, I'm a puffy sleeve stain, so it's, mm-hmm. like, I'm here for that, and it's, like, I, I love, love the, the, like, like sleeve reference on like her boot. I thought that that the was boot. Really cool. <laughs> and then it was like, you know, she you still got like a little bit of the Captain um Britain armor. And again, I've I've come to realize that that color scheme can work for Betsy. It just needs to have far less red in it. That giant red cape of the original costume like yeah. has to go. Um, it clashes a lot. I love the face paint for yes. as a nod to her like Outback costume that she used to wear. And it, it's just like, it's face paint, it's camp. And then like the hair going up for the Elizabethan era. And it's like her yeah. name is Elizabeth. And it's just like, <laughs> yes, like this is yeah. what I'm here for. Like she looked great. Storms, of course. Um, There was another one that I really, really liked. Oh, wait, what did you think of the Polaris suit on the X Factor cover? I needed, I needed drawn by like more artists. Who, and um, I want like, and I want like, I want the same kind of. You need your like model sheet page I, with like why? Yeah, I need all that. <laughs> okay, I want the full package because she, the thing about Polaris and it's a part of her character is like she is, she likes to show off her body. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's like also reserved at the same time, like that yeah. pretty. <laughs> but you know, she um, likes to show off her body, and yeah. I wanted her to be in something like sheer, where she was basically naked. 
I wanted it to be yeah. very reminiscent of that Rihanna um, when she wore that Sorkovsky crystals. Ooh, oh. I wanted it to be like that. With titties out. Yeah. <laughs> And it, looks, it looks like that she's giving. <laughs> <laughs> because this whole like thing was sheer. She gave you like the pull back hair. Mm-hmm. I was living for it. I just needed drawn in like the full force yeah. daughterman. The only thing I didn't like about Captain Bass's uh, look is she got on the wedge. You yeah, know. a lot of girls giving the wedge. But you know, okay. I think that's a, they got to be able to flight a little bit, you know? Okay. You know? Betsy came right. in a stiletto. What is he giving? Um, but no, so I like those. Um, I didn't really like. I like the Colossus look. Yes, me too. I also, I, <laughs> I really liked his. I really liked. Um, I don't know. I liked Cyclops's look. I know people. I saw people didn't really like it. I liked it. Oh. <laughs> I did. I did. The visor was nice. It was cool. I like yeah. the like, like very like militaristic kind of knot that they kind of gave him. He looks like a commander in chief kind of thing. Yeah, I, I made the comment that I was like, you know, he looks stiff, and someone was like, well, he is stiff, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> he is. <Yeah. laughs> there you go. It fit him like. Yeah. It, and I thought the visor was cool, like because. It still fit the Cyclops like mm-hmm. motif without it being corny because I feel like a really big visor or whatever would look kind of bad. It was still yeah. like very fashion forward. I liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Hellfire Gala is coming in June. I'm yeah. excited to see more and more looks as they continue to debut. Hopefully, like I think they did like the first two days of this previous week, and then like the third day was like a cover. And Dauterman saying he's doing like a red carpet type of situation for it. So he's drawing yeah. like the main nine that he do. The divine nine is what I've been calling them. The oh. A-listers and the franchise headliners. It's uh who those were. So we tried the- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just just saying, you know, everyone wasn't in that EW article. They don't all have that security. I need the Magneto look. And he's been hidden. Yeah. Like, he wasn't even on any of the covers or anything. And um, his look like it's going to give, but I didn't see my boy. Yeah. Where's the Magneto? There's something big I, going with that one. Mm-hmm. I wonder right. what's going on here. Um, but yeah, excited for it. Right. Can't wait for it to happen. Um, right. So let's get into Sword. Um, yes. Did you read this? Of course. It's Ewing. What? <laughs> <laughs> so this was uh, written by Al Ewing with art by Valerio Schitti and again Valerio is like everything he's, he might be top five for me everything and you know and I think I've said this before but I first came in contact with his art he was on um, Journey into Mystery when oh, yeah. Sif was taking over the book mm. and and like I fell in love with his art then and there I was like yes like you are it so to watch the trajectory his career is going on and how he's just like evolved and it's just like he's so good and then the colors just ugh, this book yeah. this is, is this is this, book? Um, is this, this book book? on colors yeah of course it is yeah. <laughs> yes. i just checked and of course it is he is like leading the pack when it comes to the colors like he's it's all him. um this issue was really really great um you get a lot of manifold action in this um somehow <laughs> 
I thought we were done. I'm not. I thought we were, done. I I thought we were out of King and Black. I only want to reference it. <laughs> I only want to reference we were it. Done. Like, but of course, this this is still going on. Anyway, um, they're dealing with all of that, and uh, you basically just get like some really cool stuff with with Manifold in this issue. Yeah. Um, there's been conflict between the way Agent Brand wants to go about things <laughs> versus mm. the way Koa wants to go about things. Brand looks at everyone as like they're just humans and Earthers. If, she's her, 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 Earthers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's like, y'all just <laughs> y'all just Earthers. The main thing for her would be to preserve Earthers, not mutants. So she was yeah. like, you know, uh I can get the five out so then we can maybe get y'all to some place and you can like start some rebuilding people over again or whatever. And Krakoa and mainly Hope <laughs> is basically like reading her. <laughs> like dragging her down. This is the first time I've liked Hope in a quite a long time also. I might say that. Still That's don't. that E-Wing magic. <laughs> That's that E-Wing magic right there. Let me tell you. E-Wing, I mean, uh, Hope definitely was a lot better in this than she's ever really been. Um, but <laughs> I don't know if I ever really like her like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, oh. We're not liking her like that. I liked her in this issue. In this issue, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, because the uh, the conversation that she has with Brand is fantastic, where she's just like, you know, no, girl, that's not how we're doing this. We basically literally just started Krakoa. Okay, like, and you already <laughs> trying to get rid of half, because what Brand was like, she took like half of the samples. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, oh, this will do. And then... um. She was like, oh, but you still need, like, a telepath to get this done. She's like, well, we got, I got Mentello. <laughs> and, and I was like, that's not going to work Hope either. was like, Mentello. <laughs> you know who she should have got? should have got Birdie. Who? The, don't do that. Birdie, the telepath, she used to hang around with Sabretooth in the 90s. She used to help quell his bloodlust. Ponytail, shoulder pads, giving. I'll send you some pictures, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you some pictures. Don't worry. Okay, I must. They must have been somewhere because I have, or in the background. I don't know. <laughs> I have to see who this is. <laughs> like, who the fuck is a birdie? Anyway, um, she's like, you know, we could have got Mentallo. I got him to do the the psychic stuff, and mm-hmm. Hope is like, what? You could have. <laughs> That's who you got. Like um, out of everybody. Also. Do you think there's something going on with WizKid? Because so they talked about they talked about in this issue like, you know, uh like abilities and powers and all that kind of stuff. And the way that he was getting around didn't seem right. Like they he just like appeared out of nowhere and he like teleported in. And they were like, Oh, why didn't you just take a Krokoan gate to get to where they were? Mm. Like, oh, well, like this uh would have been easier. Um like, but I thought like Krakoa was compromised. He was like, oh, you know, like I thought the Krakoan tech was compromised by the, a mm. symbiote, so I just like teleported in from Sword. But I was like, hmm. I think I I, I just took his word for it. Maybe I'm too trusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gave him a side eye because I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that one. Um. Just because, they, I don't know, they just really made it a point to say, like, why didn't you just take this gate? And he just, like, got there. Yeah, he was like, yeah, mm. Okay. And he's so powerful, you know, with, like, mm. he could literally 
control all technology. He came in there and like turned that thing into like a big like mecca. <laughs> it was kind of it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. That art was again was insane. Um, Mentalo sitting there still being like, "What the hell? What do I serve there?" None. Um, and I thought it was really cool the way that. There's been a lot of talk about like the Omega level list and all that kind of stuff. And like, mm-hmm. you know, if it should be expanded or something. And that I love that Ewing put he, he told you point blank. <laughs> Manifold is not an Omega level. <laughs> it's not. He's very not powerful. Given. That does not that does not mean that you're not powerful because mm-hmm. he literally like teleported in a piece of the sun and like face. Like it was not, a- like, so Rasengan, <laughs> this this symbiote thing with a piece of the sun, and yeah. uh, you know you had the symbiote basically taunting him, telling him, you know, um, how does it feel not being an Omega level that there's somebody out there better than you? And then he literally kills them with this sunburst thing, and was like, you're right, I'm not an Omega level, so that t- should tell you. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's let you know. Don't don't, don't come around here. Don't come around here. <laughs> so there is somebody out there more strong, stronger than I am, and let me, and I just did this to you. So don't don't come back to Kokoa. Okay. So I appreciate that. Manifold has been getting some pretty great development in this, more than I think he's yeah. probably ever really. Yeah, I um I really liked this issue a lot. Um, I loved when Frenzy kind of broke out of her symbiote cocoon, broke free, and um when she, after she broke. Up. Can, can you turn that up? All the way. Like, Frenzy Nation. <laughs> Frenzy Nation, we won. We are here. We won. <laughs> we are here. I still really want her. My goal for her was always for her to gain flight. Because I've always wanted her <laughs> to be the flying bruiser that people want Rogue to be. Hmm. I've always wanted her to be the one to like come through and like fly. I can see and, that. I can really I don't know if I see flight for her, but I do appreciate her being like the bruiser of the team. I think I remember when they had the all um women X-Men run before Monet was coming in that it was originally supposed to be Frenzy. Oh damn, that would have been great. Yeah, he wanted to use Frenzy at first, but then I guess whatever X Factor got canceled or something, or Monet just wasn't in the book anymore. And so Brian was like, oh, Monet's free. I'm going to take her instead. Like, if you actually go back in the solicits, I think even in the Marvel Unlimited, when you go read it, it still says Frenzy joins the team. Oh, damn. Now, see. <laughs> <laughs> now, why do you do my good thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> damn. Well, she had some great stuff in this book. I love when she broke free and she talked about how, like, no one can really hurt her because, and she's always felt like that because yeah. no one can. Um, and when the mutants were dead and they were talking about resurrecting the ones that did actually end up dying from the symbiote, one mm-hmm. of them being um, Fabian Cortez, nice. Magneto coming through and holding his skull and telling him that, um, make sure when y'all resurrect him first, he comes to see me. Right. <laughs> I, you know, Magneto. <laughs> I do love Magneto, you know, and I love Cortez too. And you know, I've said this before. I wanted Cortez to be like up there. I was like, we should have made Cortez a captain for, or something from the jump because it's like I've been waiting to see kind of like that relationship play into Krakoa. Because again, like we already know Cortez is going to protect, but betray Magneto. Like everyone's literally said it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like Charles even sent him a letter, like, hey, 
I, this ain't a good idea. Like, right. <laughs> we just got to understand <laughs> what we're doing here. It's like, um, so I'm really excited to see how that plays out and like what's going on with that, how he kind of like works his way up in the system because you know that's his goal. Mm-hmm. There, he's definitely not like remorseful or sorry. No. In any of that. So he's uh, annoyed that it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I would give this issue a four out of five. Easily. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Maybe four point five actually. Those that, those art and colors just really kind of like did it for me. Like it, the 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 manifold scene of him versus symbiote um cable bomb yes it really like that whole like sun thing was really cool i had never really thought about his powers working like that yeah like teleport in something like that's (laughs) that's that ewing magic ewing yeah yeah excellence ewing needs to scoop up wonder man or something (laughs) that would actually be really nice and you know he loves blue marvel so it's like just imagine we do a wonder man yeah you know, I've had that idea before about those like that five energy character thing. Mm. He would have been good. He would have been. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk about that one. All right. Um, let's take a break and then we will come back for ooh some discussions on some rewatches. Ooh. <laughs> All right, guys, we're back now. We're doing a double feature of our rewatch today. We will not be having a discussion panel. Yeah, no panel this week. You know, there was a lot of things that happened, a lot of things that came out. So we just wanted to kind of dedicate the time to make sure we got both of those done. And so Mm -hmm. first, we're going to be going with our first rewatch, and that was the Snyder Cut, Justice Mm -hmm. League. It finally came out. Justice League Snyder Cut. It was it's a thing. It, it's a thing. It, it was it's a thing that was created. <laughs> <laughs> I am still very much convinced that the Snyder cut did not exist before fans asked for it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that man was like chilling at home, like you know, I think I know he had some like family stuff going on, but there was right. nothing that was like again, there how could there have been a Snyder cut if he had never finished the movie? That don't make sense. <laughs> right? That doesn't make any sense to me. It's not adding up. So, first of all, before you watched the Snyder Cut, did you happen to go back and watch the job? Why would I do that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> somebody might have wanted to compare it. I don't know. You could add, like, something but going on that's there. somebody um, not me. <laughs> I, did, I did not. I, I did not either. I just wanted to know if you did. Absolutely. Not. <laughs> I remembered um I remembered enough from it where as I was watching the Snyder cut, I could remember like the differences and and the stuff like that. So um, I so think not- I think that was part of the reason like what helped me keep remembering how long this movie was. Yes. Because we would get to like a scene that I remembered from yep. Justice League and I was like, Wow, it took us like a really long time to get here when in the original movie it was like ten minutes in or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um Four hours. I did not actually think it was truly going to be four hours, but we got four hours. I, you know what? I gave it the benefit of the doubt where I didn't think it was going to feel like I was sitting there for four hours because, um, 
I've seen, I've seen, I've watched movies that have been like longer, like a three-hour movie or something, mm-hmm. where they're around like that two and a half hour mark is when I'm starting to feel like, oh shit, this is a long-ass movie. But then like we almost closer to the end, whatever, where it's done. This one, like 20 minutes in, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be a <laughs> So my thing with it was, I remember when they were first talking about the Snyder League, and they kept saying it was gonna be like four parts. And so as I'm watching the movie, I'm sitting here watching like it tell me like this is part one, part two, part three, part. So when I got to part four, I was like, oh, the movie's over. I was like, that definitely didn't feel like four hours. Like, that's great. And I looked down at my um, clock on um, my phone and I was like, oh, it's only been two hours. And I would like looked up and I was like, oh, no, there's really still two hours left of this movie. Yeah. And that's when it hit me. That was like, yeah, this is really long. Before yeah, that. I- I just no. felt like it was like a, such a like not a, I wouldn't necessarily a chore to get through, but it was definitely a to no, do. It was a chore to get through. Oh, that, <laughs> it was definitely a chore to get through, especially so especially the part where Gal Gadot um, as Wonder Woman was like kind of recounting the entire situation with Dark Side and like the Amazons oh and all God. the humans fighting. Like, <laughs> wow, what a horrible moment! I cannot, oh and it's God. like. And so I don't I think I, you were like, oh shit, we was just in that whole like flashback this whole time. <laughs> it was bad. Her like, voiceover was bad. I have come to realize the way I do not like Jason Momoa as Aquaman, I do not like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Like there's, it's just, it does not work. It should not be happening. It beautiful needs, woman. we can, beautiful woman, like gorgeous. Watching, watching her fight. I don't even like that. Damn. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's just like it. I, it's no, it's time to move past this entire group. Even Batfleck wasn't get Batfleck had his moments I enjoyed, but it's like what I was expecting him to give, he did not give. Yeah, um, I would say that for the entire cast, um, Ezra Miller fucking Hated. sucks as the Flash. Hated, Hated. like absolutely. Hated. Hated. How do you how do you how do you cast somebody for the Flash and they can't run? <laughs> how, much, how much does that make? How for the Flash and you can't run? I just, I just don't like him, and it just doesn't feel. Is he supposed to be funny? Like, is he As supposed to be like Barry? I mean, either. I okay. I'm not a speedster fan. You know, that's way too overpowered for me. And um. Wally has always been like kind of the funnier one, while Barry has always been like not like boring, but like not funny. Boring. Like he's not like very boring. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely boring. <laughs> uh, but he's like he's like you know just a yeah. person. He's not. Yeah, funny. I don't. I don't enjoy I don't enjoy Ezra Miller's Flash at all. I don't enjoy Gal Wonder Woman. I definitely don't enjoy Jason Momoa's Aquaman. I don't enjoy Mira Hurd. I wasn't a part of the casting for this, but I do want to like apologize to you because I know that Aquaman is your favorite <laughs> character, your favorite DC character, and for them to get it like that wrong, that's upsetting. I have been now he's fine. Let's burdened. let's get that out the way. <laughs> I have been burdened with this for years now, for years from the original moment that Jason Momoa was officially announced. Mm-hmm. to be Aquaman. My world was crushed, okay? 
I think he is the worst actor in the world. I think like oh. even kind of like as a person, when I watch his interviews and like what people say about him, he like doesn't really seem that enjoyable. I think about like how on the Aquaman set they talked about how he was like playing practical jokes on everybody the entire time and he was like ripping like pages out of yeah, like a giant man. And like someone said, they was like, oh, if he doesn't have attention on him, like he gets really upset. And it's just like, what? You are a grown ass man. <laughs> and my thing is like, all of that comes through in his performance. Yes. It is it is like, very, he's Lobo. Yes. <laughs> he is Lobo. That's he and, it's, been. and it's like, you should have just casted this man as Lobo. Like, that's perfectly fine. And it's like, I, I, when the original Aquaman movie came out, like, I was able to kind of deal with it because James Wan was really trying to, like, move past him, move past that for him. Like, I always think about the scene after Black Manta attacks um, Aquaman and Mira in Rome, and like, they're, like, on the boat going, trying to find Atlanta still. He's talking about how he is responsible for the way that Manta acts. And it's supposed to be that moment where he finally comes to, like, this realization that he's this hero and that he's responsible and he's doing all these things, but it falls flat because Jason Momoa just cannot act. And so here in the Snyder Cut, you get a Jason Momoa who can't act. And instead of kind of like trying to use the script to like get over that or like move past, it's like, okay, he can't act, but like at least the script can still be meaningful. Jason, I mean, Zack Snyder's just like, no, like just have him go crazy and be full on like rocker type. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't work. It's like, that's not who Aquaman is. Like, so it's like, it's no character. It's just bad. And then, um, yeah, I don't enjoy it. Like, I've been burning it. I'm ready to recast. <laughs> like, it's time. It's yeah, time. That's fair. You know, I, you know, my favorite DC character is Green Lantern. And mm. we have even even gotten to that at all. So <laughs> I, mean, I feel like you, I feel like you've lucked out. Like, okay. you should be happy. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Because we, I didn't even get him at all on screen. They gave us a little Green Lantern and a dead Kilowog in this. I don't and then know. my thing is also is like, so you get all of these people together, like all these Earthers and all these like um, humans and Atlanteans and Amazons and all these people because you got Darkseid coming to fight in this huge galactic war, but you only send one Green Lantern? Even if he is the Green Lantern for like that sector. Like right. it's it's a gigantic galactic war. Like this man is a huge threat who destroys planets. Everyone knows him. Where the rest of the corpse at? Yeah, I was like, why do they only have one? <laughs> Y'all don't defend the galaxy anymore? Like, what's going on? <laughs> See, now you're making me mad. <laughs> and so, and then, like, let's get into Dark Side. Child. Dark, what did you say last time? Dark Side ain't? Dark Side fucking ain't. He went out like a he was a henchman. How was Steppenwolf more powerful and menacing than the actual like big bad of your movie? Okay, so so how that's a good question because I had a very similar question. How when they were doing that whole telling the story of the the Atlanteans and everything that you just talked about, that whole fight, I had to ask, like, wait a minute, who was that that did the like blow to Darkseid? I think it was just a regular human. <laughs> <laughs> right? One of the, I know. Oh, no. Like with the axe? The axe. No, that was Ares. It was? Yeah, okay. that was supposed to be Ares. So Ares is strong enough to do that to Darkseid? I mean, I mean, Darkseid wasn't very powerful. Like, <laughs> at all. He didn't, like, he literally, like, as soon as he got on the battle, they took him down. 
and his minions had to carry him back on the ship and he ran away. And then, okay, I'm going to fast forward a little bit really quick. And of course, we're, we're going to we're going to jump back and forth. I'm not even going to like say we're like going on the straight path. But okay. we get to this point where Steppenwolf finds out that the anti-life equation is still on Earth. Right. Mm-hmm. And Darkseid's like, oh, I've been looking for this. Why? <laughs> like, <I don't> know. <laughs> did you not know what did you not know what planet you were on when you got there? Like, do you not? Were you beaten up that badly that you forgot everything? Were all your minions and all those people around you, did they forget everything? Because you put the anti-life equation on there. Wait, he did that? When they originally got there, he, like, did the, um... The unity thing? Yeah. I thought that, I thought that that, like, revealed that it was there? Well, even so, if it revealed that it was there, it was there. You saw that it was there. Right. Y'all were about to use it. That was the I entire point. I thought he didn't. I thought he didn't know that it was there. I assumed that he like that was the whole point that they were there, so they could destroy the Earth, and that's why they were trying to stop him. Mm. The movie did. It didn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's just like I don't like it. I, I it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I, um, when it opened with that Aquaman scene in the beginning, yeah. why does he know Icelandic? And why is he just like in this random like town off in Iceland? And why? Okay, <laughs> they these people, those girls started singing or whatever <laughs> <laughs> as he's as he's like leaving, and she like smells his coat or whatever, and like, girl, I get it, he fine. Okay, why from that point? Why did every time Emma's, I mean, uh, Wonder Woman appeared, was yeah! there something? She was screaming, baby. (laughs) It was the yodel, the yodels of war. I was here for it. I'm not going to lie. When she was doing all this vibrato and shit and all these runs, I was like, what is this? It it felt like that's what Zack Snyder hears (laughs) (laughs) whenever he, like, anything that's associated with, like, Greek culture or anything like that. <laughs> like, that like that's what he goes on in his head when he yeah, sees no, it. I see time Diana came. It was like that that appeared. I couldn't stand it. It was like every single time. It was the funniest thing. And it took you out every single time because you were just time. like, yo, like what is going on with this yodeling woman in the background, this war? And it, because it, the score could be completely different. It could be something very low and mellow and like calm. And then here she just comes screaming and yelling. Aquaman also had a bad one. He had like some rocker type thing that I just did not enjoy either. Yeah. But it was like not good. Did you like the extended Amazon fight? So, I mean, this plot still kind of made it was similar, but it made more sense. I will say for it was the film was a lot more cohesive. Definitely. Like Like they took out the whole, oh, Batman, like a a parademon committed suicide and then like it's remained. Is how they find out about the unity or whatever. They took all that out and made it a lot more cohesive with it's just activated. However, I don't know if this was supposed to be real or if this is just maybe another reason why I don't like Superman. But his scream go all the way around the world. I mean his scream made it all the way with the mascara. <laughs> what? I mean, 
I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what to tell. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. It didn't make sense to me. So his 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 scream made it all the way from Metropolis <laughs> to Themyscira, and because he screamed, that's what woke up the boxes. The boxes knew that there was no longer like a Kryptonian there. <laughs> it didn't make no sense. I, I was just... like. That don't make that doesn't make sense to me. So then the box gets awakened on like the Amazonian island, and like everything is in slow mo. Every scene <laughs> is in slow mo. I don't. I, I truly believe that if everything wouldn't have been in slow mo, this movie did not wouldn't have been four hours. No. Like I will say though that the very first slow mo of like Lois showing up to the memorial that was given. Her boots as she walked up on those steps. <laughs> yeah. And the then boots. like it hit, and then it hit like the little moment of her hair and like you know uh, Amy Adams' eyes are like super blue and her like the flat. That was a good one. Like I was like, okay, I'm here for that. But then it's like it just continued and it mm-hmm. stayed on and we were like slow the entire movie and it was like okay. I will give the movie that I preferred her already like coming to the memorial constantly. Mm-hmm. That then that being the reason why she was actually there while the super like the Justice League was fighting Superman yeah. versus Batman being like oh calling the big gun <laughs> and, and she <laughs> like okay I Lois I definitely will give it that I did prefer her to have like been visiting the memorial and that's why she was there you know one thing I also realized about this movie is that Wonder Woman was very familiar with mm-hmm. everyone. And, like, when you think about her history in the DC universe and, like, kind of what they've built up, it doesn't really make sense for the character. Like, she says this one comment. She's like, oh, you know, Atlanteans can be tricky. We got to be careful around them. Girl, which Atlanteans do you know? <laughs> like, it, it seemed like they were trying to, or at least I assume anyway that... Um, that Snyder was trying to just make us think that like those two cultures like don't get along. Cause I think like Aquaman later in the movie said something about like, oh, you know, you I know you know about Atlanteans, like how they could be like hard headed or something. And I was like, I think they're trying to like say that these cultures it's, it's and these, not these two people like don't get along. It's not giving he probably and then was she's like he was gonna find he was gonna probably like lead into like Flashpoint or something. And then it's like you give it okay. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then she's like all just calling Superman Kal-El willy-nilly. You don't know this man, girl. She trying to put on. <laughs> like, like she Kal-El, Kal-El. You, you met him like 10 minutes before he died. Like, what's going on? Right, right. Um, so like in the in the beginning when they had that, that Amazon fight, mm-hmm. my question for all that was they, they fight Steppenwolf, he comes through, and then the whole thing just falls into the cliff. Yeah, like, girls just Why would you put your box on a cliffside that could just fall at any point? Well, I think that was supposed to be the point of it. That it was like, you know, should someone come and try and get this box, we will close this off and we will, like, send it to the bottom of the ocean Mm. so no one can ever get to it. Like, we'll destroy it all. That's why it was a thing. I guess I would never think that that would destroy it. Like, why would that... I mean, it's not... I don't think it destroys it. I just think... They started with. <laughs> 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 I just think they thought like, oh, we're just gonna oh, send good. it to It'll the bottom. Away. <laughs> yeah, we're just closing it off and sending it to the bottom of the ocean. Like, 
But wouldn't That's the person it. who was looking for it just go to the bottom of the ocean to get it? They well, only you, went anyway to go get the. We would, assu- we would assume they were already in the castle. But some like all those all those dead Amazons, <laughs> they're like trapped in that thing at right. the bottom. Of the ocean. <laughs> See, like, it doesn't make sense. the villains. The villains, I don't think, should have been as strong. Like in theory, with them when the Amazons were like setting this up and putting this box in this place, you know, I'm pretty sure in their mind they're like, whoever comes here, tries to get this box, will shut the will shut these gates, will send this to the bottom of the ocean, and we'll be done with it. I don't think they realized how strong. Darkseid's army is because Darkseid himself was so weak. So I can totally understand them <laughs> underestimating the parademons and things like that. Because it's like, well, look how easily we took him out. You know? That's fair. That's a fair assessment. Okay. I'll take that there. <laughs> Even though, like, all of them assessments, like you said, Steppenwolf was way, like... Steppenwolf was given. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I remember Zack Snyder was doing his little interviews, and he was like, oh, they didn't use my version of Steppenwolf because he might have been too scary and this and that. And I was like, what is he talking about? He's, like, just being a troll. But nah, that Steppenwolf was given. When <laughs> he was like, he was I like, I liked how alien he looked, and I liked, I don't know how I felt about the, like, there's some choices that Zack Snyder makes about armor in this that I just don't think that I like. Because... If he tries to make it too like sharp and edgy, like mm-hmm. I didn't like the way that um that Steppenwolf's armor looked and how it like reacted to shit. I also didn't like Cyborg's design. Like oh, it, Cyborg's looks, it, doesn't look, it doesn't look sleek at all. It looks I don't know. I will say it's, um well let me about um Steppenwolf. I agree. It was very edgy, very sharp. Um I did love how he kind of basically like stripped naked once Darkseid showed up in his face. Right. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, what's up?" <laughs> like, I'm here. Um, yeah. I was like, "That's respect." I, again, don't know why that respect was had, but um, in terms of cyborg, his design was ugly. Mm-hmm. The I will say I do miss that scene we got in the first Justice League where he kind of like transformed his armor to look more like the um, like animated, I guess, uh, yeah. comic book counterpart. Uh, yeah, I was I I thought we were still going to get some type of form of that, and I would have really appreciated it, but we did not. Um, I also feel like fan, right? I am a cyborg fan, and yes. like, and so that was one of the things I was like, oh, I I was about to say actually, I think that's the other thing of why this movie felt so long. It felt like Snyder tried to put two movies in one. He was making like a Justice League movie, and he was making a cyborg solo movie. Yeah. Um, which I don't know I, why. I feel like I get it just because like of all the stuff that like Ray Fisher had to deal with and the fact that like he was supposed to get a cyborg movie and then that just like disappeared. Everyone else is still getting their solo movies except for him. Um, And it's just kind of like when else is anyone really going to tell a cyborg story? That's true. So um, that's why I feel like it was in there, Um, Mm -hmm. which I didn't hate. I actually didn't mind a lot of the cyborg stuff. No, I thought the kind of the cyborg stuff was actually pretty cool. I liked when yeah. he went into the internet and all that kind of stuff. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, I liked the way that they kind of explained like a lot of his abilities. They did really go a lot more with cyborg in this than the other one. It seemed mm-hmm. as though um, cyborg was like not a point of view character, kind of, but like you really just kind of got his origin story through a lot of this. Um, I just didn't really like. I didn't. I just didn't like his design. I did did like that they used his origin to explain how they were going to bring Superman back 
which mm -hmm. they didn't in the first one. Like in the first yeah. one, I think that they were just like, oh, we just gonna put him in the birthing chamber and like try to use the cube yeah. to do it. But I liked the fact that in this one, they were like, well, if we used the mother box and it like brought me back to life, like we could use it to try yeah. to bring back Superman. I thought that, that was pretty- It was a, it was a nice fact. A lot of the cyborg stuff was pretty- Ray Fisher also can't act, but that was, <laughs> um, his was a little bit more, I guess, acceptable because his story was more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so when they get to the part two of this and they're at Aquaman and I have a lot more questions. Um, <laughs> it like it all it did was like it made it made Aquaman make no sense. Or it made me look at Aquaman and <laughs> look at James Wan and go, Good for you. Because you looked at this and said, No. <laughs> I'm gonna take a little bit of whatever I have to because my contract says I have to tie into this, but mm -hmm. I'm washing all, all, all of this. Because when why do we go back to the air bubbles? He didn't want to cut that out. <laughs> when Voco showed up, how did they even uh, air bubble even happen? Who did it? Voco don't got no powers. And we already saw in Aquaman that he already had his mother's trident. Remember when he was doing the the mm -hmm. <laughs> little spinning thing when he, when he was a kid? He already had his mother's trident. So why did Voco have it and come and give it to him and tell him to take it? And I thought that I thought <laughs> I thought that the the like the trident of Adelan is that is that his name? If the trial the trident of Atlan wasn't that supposed to be like at the bottom of like something like in like the trench or whatever? He just mm -hmm. swam up on it in this, in this. It was like at an outpost, and that was it. I didn't understand. And why were they clicking at each other underwater? I just like like it's time to just completely <laughs> clear. I don't understand why they the were deck. It's time to clear the deck. We've got to start over. Yeah, it's time. I, the baddest in the universe is supposed to be coming. It's like, I'm like, I think the Snyder Cut came about for like the absolutely wrong reasons. Um, and I think it was a almost, I guess, acknowledgement in bad behavior. And saying like, oh, okay, it's okay to act this way and like do the things and like attack these people and like cry and like pout and bitch and moan and do all this stuff because you're going to get what you want. I do think Zack Snyder is absolutely correct in like the way that he should get to tell his story. Like if he originally set out to tell a movie, like again, this Snyder cut isn't even really that because should this have come out, it wouldn't have been four hours. We wouldn't have gotten all this stuff. We wouldn't have seen it. So it's like, okay, you got to do your little fantasy else war story. Like, great congratulations let's move past it now we're not getting a sequel from him let's not plan this universe around him we have moved beyond it we've moved past it let these other directors tell their stories let some other people get the chance to bring some other characters in the baddison universe is coming if we want to like jump from there and start an aquaman universe over there cool let's do that but like what we have now this snyder world it's done i do not want a wonder woman 3 with Gal Gadot, oh, like I, I do not want, I do not want to see Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman ever no. again. Mm -mm. She had her moment; it was great. She brought some girls back. We've been having a good time. 
let's move on. Let's move on. I, I completely agree. I feel like with the, the Snyder Cut, in my opinion, it is great that he got to complete his vision um, and the way that he wanted to do it. Now, is this the way that he originally wanted to do it? Personally, no. I think, again, that this was something he created after the fact, where mm-hmm. he probably shot a shit ton of footage and he was going to make a movie, but then he had to stop doing that. But then they put on Josh to do it. Then they, all his fans were clamoring for it. They brought him back, gave him like $80 million and said, make a slider cut for us. <laughs> Basically. A waste of money. The, a waste, the absolute yes. waste of money that went into this for because no reason. They could have used that money for... Any, any other, other any other, anything else, any other, that's a whole other movie. You could have put that um, towards somebody else's yeah. budget. Y'all been announcing movies every two days. Where's Nightwing? <laughs> Where's Batgirl? Where's Supergirl? Where's New Gods? Um, we saw the the new slate. We saw that like Zaytana's coming up. We got another Suicide Squad remake coming. Like y'all have all this content that you are trying to push, and you want to put out, and you giving eighty million dollars to yeah. give us to that, <laughs> like. You're going to give it to that? That don't make sense to me. Like, I... I don't know. I... for Again, for me, for with the Snyder Cut, um, I, I appreciate the fact that he was able to complete his vision, whatever. He got that done. But to me, what you just said is how I feel where you are rewarding shitty behavior. Regardless right. of if these people... if Regardless if the cut was like his own uh, like you know creativity and his this this vision that he wanted to get out or whatever um the people who were asking for this and the way they went about doing it was was shitty it was awful. you can't say no this isn't a blanket statement about everybody wasn't doing that but i don't speak in absolutes not unless i'm being funny <laughs> like yeah let's let's be real here not everybody was like that but like it still happened you know yeah they under every fucking post <laughs> on dc comics asking about this cut and being very rude to people just attacking people you couldn't do nothing even to this day like if you say something about Snyder I think somebody called me an asshole one day (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) I was like oh that's nasty um but you know it's just oh wait Jerry Leto as the Joker I, <laughs> you know, I, it, it wasn't bad. It what? Wasn't, it wasn't terrible. That's not true. You're lying. <laughs> you're you're being very untrue right now. Like that's not true. It was horrible. It, the laugh. <laughs> the laugh. The la- the ha- Like were ha- you like? Did, I was ha- like, I really thought he was like choking. I was like, someone should give him a water. It was mm. bad. Like the whole scene of him and Batman, it was bad. Amber Heard coming in with whatever her line delivery was. She fits first right in all, with this group. First of all, why does she have an accent? Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> she needs to go to, she also well, needs to be recast. Damn movie, she had this accent, and I was like, you never had that before. <laughs> She's also got to go. Yeah. It's time. I know you were also a big Mara fan. Damn, sorry. Oh, like, <laughs> like of the comic books? Oh, yeah, comics, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love comic books. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got Amber fucking heard. It's actually gotten to the point with their casting 
Jason and Amber. I can't move past it anymore. I don't think I'll see the sequel. <laughs> that's so sad. That's so that's so unfortunate. I, I do not. I cannot sit through two hours of them, especially together. At least like, like no, it's like their acting's actually gotten worse. Yeah. Ew, I just didn't understand why she had that damn accent. <laughs> just, and like, the, and that was a new scene, so it's like that's something she added. So it's added like, she, it's, it's, it's like something you're bringing to the character. So it's like, are you gonna give me this accent in the Aquaman two? No, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not going. I don't think I'm gonna see it. That's that's sad. I'm sorry. Well, hopefully, hopefully it's. Oh, I had a question. Were those like things that Steppenwolf used? to get inside people's heads, were those supposed to be like a nod to Starro? Or was I making, or am I reaching? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think it was a nod to Starro. I would hope not. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) some of the things I've heard Snyder say that he wanted to do with this movie, though, it's been a little... I heard about that, about how like Lois was going to have a kid, but it was going to be Bruce's. So, no, the kid that Lois and Superman are going to have was going to become Batman. Mm. Right, because I heard that it was actually, like, Bruce's kid. Because, <laughs> 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 like, while Superman was gone, like, they, like... Oh, wait, no, no, I did hear one of those bits. Yes, 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 you're also... Yeah, um... <laughs> and, and this is why... This is exactly why... He got cut. <laughs> why I will always be an advocate for people to read more comics. Let me t- and let me tell you why. <laughs> I think that the downfall for the DCEU were two things, and that was Zack Snyder and his mm-hmm. vision, and the second thing being his vision being injustice. He, I don't think that he ever wanted to make a Justice League movie. I think that at the time when, after he did Man of Steel, like that took off, it was good or whatever. Then it was yeah. time for when it was time to do the next thing. The big, like comic book zeitgeist at that time was Injustice. Like yeah. they had the they had the comic book which was selling like crazy. Um, mm-hmm. The video game was out selling like crazy. Everything. Fantastic game, love it. <laughs> you know, Everything. love. I love uh, Injustice 2. I am a Starfire main. <laughs> um, but, but I feel like a lot of that was impacted him because that shit looked cool. Like yeah. Injustice was all about Batman versus Superman. That's mm-hmm. what people want to see. You want to see that kind of fighting stuff. But we had like years of experience with these characters. So like mm-hmm. seeing them in an Elseworld story where they're fighting each other, where Superman went crazy because the Joker killed Lois and that's what kind of took him over the edge. The comic was way more compelling because we had this experience with these people. Mm-hmm. This movie, you just wanted to show cool shit that you saw online. Let's mm-hmm. call it what it is. Okay. <laughs> you saw some you saw some screen grabs of <laughs> in the Injustice comic. You thought that this shit looked cool. Look at the mm-hmm. Flash's costume. It oh, looks yeah, just like Oh, uh, the, can we talk about the Flash for a little bit? I know we talked about like not liking Ezra Miller (laughs) (laughs) in his acting, but I mean like the actual Flash and like the things he did in this movie. Why did he run out of his shoes? That didn't make any sense. 
Wouldn't the rest of his clothes also burst off if he's just bursting with energy? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make sense. Um, the you have to ask Zack Snyder. The Speed Force scene, I think, was kind of cool looking. Only because I guess that is exactly how I guess it would probably kind of look to someone who was running faster than light. Mm-hmm. That it would like like look like that. I thought the Speed Force scene was nice. I thought I'd, again, like, <laughs> yeah, his running is very awkward. What he does with his arms and like the flailing, it it's just it just doesn't look it's very like good. Um, but I did like kind of like after they say, like, oh no, it's too late. He missed out. Whatever it all exposed, and then he kind of like runs, but he vibrates through the vibration, and then like goes mm-hmm. back, and he's like, and he knows that's like, oh, this isn't something that I should be doing all the time. Like I'm breaking a rule right now. Um, and seeing it all kind of like come back together was like really nice. Again, that entire scene was also a little weird for me too because I don't understand why when we got the portal and Dark Side and Granny Goodness and the army are all just standing there. Like, did they not want to like come through or? I was like, why y'all just standing there? And they stood there for quite some time. Like the entire time, like (laughs) literally, like they could have come through, like it's an army. You all can come through at any time. You're just standing there. So that was very awkward to me. And also like, why did that make such a big deal about Granny Goodness being in this movie? She didn't even do nothing. She didn't do nothing. What a waste of Granny Goodness. Granny Goodness should have been- Was that just CGI? No idea, but I'm upset because it should have been Oprah or Whoopi Goldberg. Mm. Preferably Oprah. That would have been. She should, she should be granny goodness. Nonetheless, I can't think of the actress's name, but her name is Alexandra or something. I want her to be granny goodness. Her or I got to think of her name. Um, damn, she was in How to Get Away with Murder. I can't think of her name. Um, she's a <laughs> trans Davis? trans actress. Um, Jenna. I stopped watching How to Get Away with Murder after a while, you know. Oh, same. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you about that. I never. I um, anyway, no, open um, my dream, I, there um, was a waste of. A waste of granny goodness. And I wonder, and so I think my other thing about this is like now Snyder has kind of put, for me personally, a very bad taste in my mouth when it comes to like Dark Side and Apocalypse. And like, I'm a New Gods fan. So I think about. I feel like I Ava. would be if I read more about them. They're cool. They're like DC's Asgard. Or, or or is Asgard DC's New Gods? I got to see. Whichever one came first. The Eternals and the New Gods were the same thing. Because they were created literally like right after each other. I think, I, I think after Kirby wanted to, he created the Eternals and like literally left and did the New Gods at uh, I could, DC. I could see I can see that too, but it's a lot of their stories tend to have more stuff in line or like in common with Asgard. Asgard. Just very like, just like very high concept because the fourth world itself is like very high concept. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a huge fan of the new gods and like Dark Side and like all of that good side. Yeah, so it's like seeing all of this again. It's just like one, I'm kind of tired of Dark Side. We'll start there. I won't lie about that. I think him as a villain as a whole, we could just kind of put a pin on that. But I'm thinking about Ava DuVernay and like the New Gods film. And it's like, are they going to follow this kind of Snyderverse thing? Should it ever come out? Because again, we just talked about how DC's 
put out a whole slate of movies. And I don't even think New Gods was actually on that slate that they just recently put out. But I think she's going to be doing more of Naomi now, that TV show. Oh, I forgot she's doing Naomi. Um, I only say it because I know um, Tom King is writing for it. And he's like very active saying that he's still writing for it. So, okay. Um, I don't know. It's like, is she going to have to follow this? Is she going to get to kind of do her own thing when she gets the new gods? Is she going to like, hopefully not take this version of dark side? Um, I hope not because I, I think I do like some of the new god stuff. I do like the, um, female furies. I mean, call me basic, but I love watching, I love watching them fight. It is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. I can't help it. But um, I would hope that the new gods don't follow any of this. Darkseid, I will say that Darkseid, whoever voiced him, he sounded really menacing. I did like whoever was the voice actor for for Darkseid. The look of him sometimes... The newer look of him was fine, I guess. The older him look of him when he was at that fight with all the three different tribes or whatever, I didn't like that. Mm. I didn't like any of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, overall, I felt like this was a better narrative than the other one. Agreed. Um, but was it a better movie? I don't know. I rate it the same, honestly. Once just more cozy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, and and then my thing is like, it's so long, and there's so much that happens in it. It's like kind of hard to really process your feelings on it in the beginning, and it's like you gotta sit on it for a little bit. And but again, it's like even the parts you think, oh, this is good, it's fine. Like we said, the cyborg stuff was kind of fine. It's just so much, and you can't really say that this is a Snyder cut because it's not. Cyborg's dad. turn like laser that box on and with himself in the room with it so well i had that same question and <laughs> someone was like oh well he was trying to get out and i was like was yeah. he because <laughs> it just seemed like and it's like i can understand if like he was scared of steppenwolf so he didn't want to like leave out of the glass thing but it's like you that didn't have any sense if he only wanted the box you could have left the box in there like you could have closed that door and all that stuff from the outside it, it was there the were a lot of choices. Was remote control. Remember he grabbed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he could have like done it from outside the box. Like a lot of choices <laughs> didn't make sense. That didn't make the entire... I myself say I caught myself saying that didn't make sense a lot of times in this movie. Oh yeah. Like a lot. When Martian Manhunter went to go see Lois as Clark's mom, <laughs> what what was the point of that? Why would what you do that? that? Why would he be going to go check up on Lois? And then my thing is, like, why would you do it as Clark's mom, something that she can bring up to her? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, can you imagine, like, Lois coming up to you, like, oh, yeah, remember when you came to visit me? Her mom would be like, no. no. What you talking about? I never did that. Oh, so now somebody was just up in my apartment? And then even when he comes to see Batman at the end, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm ready to fight with y'all. Where the hell you been? And then still flies off. <laughs> like, like, I, know, I know that these, there have been questions about like, you know, when the X-Men appear in the MCU, it's like, where the hell you been? But like, this kind of shows you specifically why they can't have them probably do that, because literally, mm-hmm. where the fuck has Martian Manhunter been? Like, what have you been doing? You've been here since Man of Steel. <laughs> because you was in Man of Steel. Chilling. <laughs> so, when... Chilling. 
when Doomsday came in BBS, even Diana jumped in. She even she like plopped up out of the air and came down with her tiara and bracelets. But she like, saw her Kyle L. Ah yes, yes, her homeboy that she knows. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not. It just didn't need to happen. No, and I'm, it's unfortunate that you can't get a movie with the probably the most iconic superheroes ever, really. Yeah. Although that's becoming like debatable, I think. I think outside of the Trinity, mm-hmm. I think that like if you were to do like a top ten list outside it would of the be Trinity, mostly Avengers characters. I think now. that most of it was gonna be Avengers characters where that wasn't always the case. I think no. that you could have I think that it would have been a 50-50 split, maybe even leaning a lot more towards DC as far as like who people know. I think I think if we would have asked this question ten years ago, we wouldn't have seen any Avengers in it whatsoever. It would have been the Justice League and it would have been the X Men. X Men, yeah. Um, I think now it'll be mostly Justice League characters. I mean, excuse me, mostly Avengers characters, Batman, Wolverine, and Storm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Maybe Wonder Woman. But yeah. You don't think Superman is up there no more? You think he's losing his? I think his star? I think a lot of I think a lot of people know. I think everyone knows who Superman is, but I don't think a lot of people like Superman. So I feel like if you were asked people, it's like, oh, like, who would you like rather read or like see about something like that between Batman and Superman? I think most people are gonna say Batman. Yeah. And then yeah. no, I think I think they're gonna say Batman. Then they're gonna say Wonder Woman. Then they're gonna say Superman. I would agree. DC would agree with you too, because considering Batman is the only thing out. <laughs> yeah. It's all Batman all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Mm, that's wild to me, but here we are. They really just can't get it done. Um I guess I would be I'm not excited for any of the Green Lantern stuff coming out of that. They, is, they have is Snyder involved in any of that? I hope not. <laughs> I, hope I, not. Say, I feel like if Snyder's not involved, and then like this is not a thing against Snyder. I actually like Sucker Punch. It's like one of my favorite movies of all oh, yeah, time. Yeah, I do like that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I just don't like what Snyder has done in the DCEU. No. I do not enjoy it, and it's um, again, I totally get people really love his cinematography and like the way he films. I even when I was watching Justice League, I was like, there are a lot of beautiful shots in here. I was like, it feels like. Every shot is made to be a picture. Yes. Um, that you like want to hang up in your wall or something like that. So like I can appreciate the beauty and all of that good stuff, but I just think the time has passed. What he tried to do wasn't really working. Mm-hmm. Again, he got to do this little story. He got to like flex. He got to show everybody, here's my Snyder cut. This is what I want to do. Cool. We got it. Let's keep it moving. He also doesn't feel like a fan of dc properties to me and by fan i mean like a genuine fan where Mm -hmm. a a lot of the other directors like they feel like they care a lot about these characters anyway or they have some kind of experience with them where i feel like he was just doing stuff that he thought was cool (laughs) you know basically um but i just want us to just be done with this and we are. And we are. <laughs> we can all We're move free. on. We can all That's move on. You know, um, I think, yeah, it's time to move on. Yeah. Let's get some recasts in there. Let's keep moving. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's take a break and then we will come back for another rewatch. All right. All right, guys, we are back for our second rewatch now. This is the rewatch that I was really excited for. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier has arrived on Disney Plus, and man, it was exactly what I wanted. Like, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Episode one premiered, and I, you know, I feel like I sound like a broken record (laughs) at this point, but, you know, I don't really get down with like the street level characters too often i prefer yeah. more of the superhero characters you know somebody gotta be flying and shooting shit and, and energy beams and all of that but i like had a great time with this um the action scenes in this were insane like it was a great it was really really good marvel if you're listening I need Carol to be flying the way like this. this. (laughs) He was giving. Like he was really giving. Like uh, I need her to be zipping and and flying through the way that he was doing all this because wow. I thought he was flying for real. (laughs) Like the first like good ten minutes of action that we got with him, or maybe like fifteen, I don't even know. Like I was just so enthralled by it. Time like completely stopped. It was an illusion. But just seeing him like going through against the guys and like going into the through the helicopter like when he had the missile redirect towards it first he was killing people okay like yeah. he was cutting them down uh, this is violent <laughs> like i was uh, living it living. is uh, as, as much as it's supposed to be like a disney show and you know people mm-hmm. trying to say like oh mcu shows have this like like formula with them i think that this is just another example of it's not <laughs> like yeah, that at all. At all. It's, this is very like adult, some adult content because he definitely that missile blew up and those people definitely died. Oh, all of them, <laughs> you know? blown, blown bits. Definitely murdered people <laughs> in this. Um, that entire like that entire flight sequence just looked Ooh. insane, and it's really cool to see like his kind of his growth with his wings or whatever and yeah. how he did it because you can I tell he's a lot more comfortable. Yeah, like when he was in Winter Soldier, it was just, you know, he would he would know how to fly him up and down, know how to like turn it off at the right time to like mm-hmm. do something and catch something or whatever, but he wasn't doing all of this. No. He was then, like he in Winter Soldier and like other Avengers films, he was coming down, flying, kicking you in your face. Great. But it was like very basic. Here he was giving you agility. He was giving you like yeah. uh, he, it was giving combo, like <laughs> like wings in, feet kicking, wings back out, using them to block, doing and let's again. I appreciate the tech upgrade of the wings as well. Very well done. Yeah. Um, very nice to see the the red wing tech. Fantastic. Love seeing that. About that because, um, as listeners may know, as I already know, Falcon is like a top ten character for you. So yeah. Um, did you like the change of what they did with Red Wing? You know, making it more of a tech thing than him? So I don't mind it. I do. I don't mind the tech, Red Wing. However, I would still appreciate if we actually got a real bird. Okay. Or like we, we, we drew some type of connection to birds for him. I think that would just be a nice touch. But for what MCU is and like what Sam's role is in it and like how he is like military the entire time, like him having the tech thing is fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've always wanted that. I think Red Wing is cool. Like I I like the upgrade to it. Um 
because I could see how people would not get the whole like communicating with a bird thing or whatever. Um, so this was like a cool way to still have Red Wing a part of the yeah. The canon. Really appreciated that. Um, also love the addition of Agent Torres, um, the young man who plays. <laughs> <laughs> So in the comics, um, there's a character. So when Sam became Captain America in the comics, he got okay. his own Falcon sidekick. Oh, okay. That Falcon, his name was um, Yoquin Torres. Oh, the, oh, <laughs> well, cool. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, and okay. so like, as soon as he, so like when he first came on the scene, like he was there. Um, they were like, I was like, did they say his name was Torres? Because I had missed. Him. I was like, they say his name was Torres, and then like later on when he said it again. I was like, oh wow, that's him. And I just thought that was like super interesting for the fact that Sam has his own like supporting cast. Like he yeah. actually has those characters you can like throw in and mix with him. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, he's like a real character. Like he's like a real like. He's got the stuff. He's got the juice. So that was like that's super dope. exciting to see for me. Um, and then just like the implication that. If we have a Torres, then we can have a next Falcon, which means that Sam is probably going to become Captain America, which okay. is like yeah. what we're here for. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's going to be really interesting to see that growth, and then you'll get the growth of not only him becoming Captain America, but now stepping into like a mentor role yeah. to someone else, which is like again that. But that's just future. Like it's exciting to see. Um, they were pulling from the comics like that. I thought that this was just some. Some random guy. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked like, oh, this. He gave me the vibe of, oh, this is the cute, like, guy who I don't know what I'm doing. I'm probably gonna fumble a lot, but then I'm gonna learn a lot from uh, yeah. Captain America from Sam Wilson. I didn't know that. He'll, he'll be Falcon one day. Oh, I didn't know that was yeah. from the comics. That's cool. <laughs> so, um, it, it will be interesting to see. So, like, Yoko, um, Torres in the comics, he kind of goes through, like, a mutation where he actually, like, merges with Red Wing a little bit. And so he, like, gets bird-like avian features. Um, I wonder if they'll kind of move forward with that or just keep him as a human. Because, you know, they don't really do a lot of the animal characters in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. What if they have him join, like, this Young Avengers thing that they're trying to build? I can see that because he I, he never joined the Young Avengers in the comic, but he was a champion. Oh, so he he's he's got like some roots there. They could put him, and so that was really interesting to see. Um, I just I really loved the emotional bits with mm-hmm. Sam and his sister, and like just kind of dealing with the family again. That wasn't something that we got a lot of with Sam in the Avengers movies, and, you know, he was an Ann Killery character, so you wouldn't really expect it to. But here, we can really get to that. And Sam actually has, like, a lot of these family members in the comic books. He has a sister who has kids. He has a brother. He is very close with them. And I thought it was, like, just great. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get you caught up on some (laughs) some Sam Wilson comic books. (laughs) You know, that I think that's going to be our 2021 goal. Uh, And so to kind of like see them coming into play and like really getting into that aspect of Sam's family was great. And I think it was needed for him. I feel like a lot of people were saying this episode was kind of a slow burn. I don't necessarily know if I would call it a slow burn. I would say that it is a deep dive into like these characters' mindsets and like where they are. And I think it feels very grounded and I think it feels very real. And I think it's going to be that much more satisfying when they like finally do, when we get to the end of this and they've like hit that next level. And I also really love the like human aspect of it, of seeing a person who's dealing with life after the blip, you know what I'm saying? Like 
those five years, it's like, again, everyone else had to live. Or even if you weren't there, it's like, okay, now I'm here. And it's like, I'm trying to do these things and like get houses and like how that affects your loans. And then again, we're giving nods to like marginalized groups. Yeah, capitalism always fucking wins. It's a disease. How, how do you, how did the world change that drastically and <laughs> people decided to still keep going forward with mm-hmm. capitalism and banking to the point where when people come back after being gone for five years, they say, oh, well, you don't have any work history or, or any income history. Baby, <laughs> I've been gone. Like, who does? Who does? How do you? Who does? <laughs> like, what were you doing? Were you here for five years? Like, come on right. now. Um, so no, yeah. So like, I really appreciated that. And I really love that, like grounded take on it. And again, like it just amplifies like that these are black people. So it's like, it's once again, another hurdle that they have to step over. And I really like that Sarah was kind of calling those little tidbits out when the loan maker was saying that she's like, Oh, for what type of people, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, even Sam, it doesn't really, you know, he's not a person who gets to miss it because of the simple fact, just because he's an an Avenger, a famous guy, you know, you see the loan officer, he's kind of like fangirling over saying he's like oh you're falcon let's take some self selfies and do this and that and then he's still like well no you're broke <laughs> right <laughs> it's, it's just like oh, I, I appreciated that part a lot in this yeah felt very uh true of the comics because how often do you read like a solo series for a character and it's like oh i just saw you like save the world in the avengers book but in your solo yeah. comic you just like go back to your one bedroom apartment that like you don't even spider-man gotta go- that that, that is one thing i'll always say i've really appreciated about spider-man it's like the very constant reminder that he is broke and struggling and he's like i need money like just like everybody (laughs) else out here he's like please give me money like yes absolutely i like that that is like that they put that in there because they aren't like they're superheroes they're doing it because it's what they it's a good thing for them to do they're not salaried or paid by anybody you know they need a job just like everybody yeah. else. Only <laughs> gives them housing, you know, when he can. That's yeah, about when it. When he wants to. <laughs> um, I really liked, and I, I I know you're kind of like a Winter Soldier fan. You teeter on that order. Um, I really loved all the stuff that they were doing with Bucky and like seeing him in therapy and like yes. dealing with the trauma. Therapy, yes. <laughs> Come on, therapy. And I love how like the therapist was like dragging him the entire time because that is very much what therapy is. It's yeah. like your your therapist is not a nice person. <laughs> You're prepared to talk about this stuff and not avoid it. And, and like I feel like some people's therapy sessions do go. She's in asking him, you know, have you ever had a nightmare? And or did you have a nightmare recently? He's like, no. <laughs> and it's like maybe you just had one. Like, come on. I just saw you. <laughs> and it was a good like again, and that was another uh example of like great action of like just Bucky kind of like coming in there and like through that nightmare when he was killing that guy. Great moments. I love wow. the kind of I was like, damn, he's throwing these knives and shit. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was living. I was like, this is what this is what I'm this is what it's about. Yeah. Um I love the aspect of like him being friends with the older gentleman and like him, the older guy kind of like helping him reacclimate to life and being like, that was cute. Yeah. It was like a really nice little moment that they had. I love the reference to Wakanda that he made. He was like, you know, that's when I was at peace. And I was, I was, <laughs> <laughs> he was over there in Wakanda getting his hair braided. <laughs> when I was chilling in paradise, like right. I, I wasn't worried about y'all. And then y'all brought me a gun and now my life is going to hell again. Right. Um, 
So it was really nice to kind of see that and dig deep into that. I also appreciated the fact that like Sam has been calling him, even if he's just yeah. been ignoring it. It's like I really like that that relationship is building. They're fun guys to get. Um, I feel like that relationship I mean, has been very recent, as far as they're like. Um, again, I don't know because I don't I don't really read it, but I feel like that their relationship as far as them being like bromance like we're friends but like one of them finds the other one annoying but they secretly like like to be friends with each other i feel like that's been more recent that's extremely recent so their relationship it's always been like a thing they've been around each other but they've never been super close but when steve died the first time and bucky became captain america sam actually came in to help him and Mm -hmm. it wasn't like he was still doing his own hero thing and it wasn't like he wasn't come in to be like i'm here to be the falcon for you he was like you're coming in to be like my captain america like mm. i'm going to teach you how to do this and like so yeah. you can actually live up to the name that you've now taken so that was a really nice moment um it's like you said the whole like bromance oh you're annoying but i find you kind of that's fairly new bucky's always respected sam though I, especially during the boot breaker run of captain america yeah there's one issue where they're fighting together and bucky like is monologuing to himself while watching Sam fight. And he says how they're different, but in a good way. He's like, you know, Falcon's always been his own man. He's like, but there's something about him that's very similar to Steve, where he's inspiring, just inspiring Hmm. in a completely different way. Um, And it's like really great to see. So I enjoy that relationship a lot. Yeah, I always wondered if how that was like depicted in the comics, because I felt like it was way more... um, MCU inspired recently <laughs> than the it recent, been in the past. The recent miniseries they just had together was definitely very heavily MCU inspired for their relationship. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily like it that way. I mean, I guess you could say it's grown to that in the comments mm-hmm. because, like I said, they have been working together, but I kind of prefer what it was before. Like, yeah. Sam looks at Bucky very much as a little brother. Okay. Because it's like Steve, like Steve is his friend. Like Steve yeah. is the one who he should have the bromance with and all that stuff and all that. Right. And like, and like he looks at Bucky as like, oh, you're my best friend's little brother. Mm. Yeah. I feel like they both have relationship with Steve where it's like, that is actually my friend. Where <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's probably, it's a thing of like, we should probably have been friends because we both got we both best friends with this one person. Um, we like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. So um, that's been fun. I loved. I love. I mean, I loved a lot. I could just go on for days about what I loved about. I. You know. okay, so did you? How did you feel about the um, the flag smashers and like what they? How they? Do you feel like it's like an upgrade to what? Isn't the comics, or or do you feel like it's kind of the same? I feel like it's kind of the same. So I feel like the Flag Smashers were. I don't know anything about the damn Flag Smashers. Aren't they supposed to be like a group, or was it a character? A little bit of both. Okay. Um, I have no idea. I always just kind of look at the Flag Smashers as just like amped up watchdogs. Okay. So it's just like they kind of all fall into the same thing. I, I enjoyed what they did here. I like yeah. the method. I thought it was interesting the way they like weave the men, the guy who was like walking through, kicking people. That was really well done. Uh, I thought it was really cool the way that they upgraded the communication that they have with each other because I feel like the the idea of this kind of terrorist group who's like organizing together and they're kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, 
against the establishment or something. That isn't a new concept. But the yeah. idea that they were how they used their phones to like, you know, scan the stuff and that's mm-hmm. how they I thought that was a pretty cool and updated way to like have that that trope anyway. Yeah, you know. Agreed. Agreed. Very dope. I'm I'm excited to see more of the flag smashers and how they do. I'm I'm interested to know if it's gonna be more of Torres's storyline or if like Sam will also get a little bit more involved in it too. Like if if this is kind of the thing that like bumps Torres up to be like, oh okay, yeah, like I also want to be a hero. Mm, that would be very interesting. I um I wonder if Torres will end up getting any kind of like bigger role on this. Um, I hope so. It was interesting in the beginning of this when Sam is giving that speech about Captain America. This really mm-hmm. cool speech of how he is, and he's like, "But this, like, this shield doesn't belong to me. He gave it to the Smithsonian." And it felt like you could tell from the way that he was giving the speech that it wasn't a decision he fully like had his heart behind. Like, mm-hmm. I'm doing this because I feel like this is what everybody wants me to do. Or mm-hmm. I have pressure from somebody to do it. And then afterwards, you know, he meets with uh, that guy. I think he was from the UN or something yeah. like that. And uh, that government guy, and he was like, you know, uh, you... You're doing the right, the right thing. You're doing yeah. the right thing. I, I caught that, too. I was ready to hit somebody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I did appreciate that they had a conversation between the two of uh, the two black characters <laughs> on the team that was really that was really well done and so um that part not sorry to cut you off uh but like that particular part really hit me uh falcon and war machine war machine um that part was really nice for me especially because you know during the nick spencer run when sam was captain america civil war ii happened during that era and Rhodey died in yes. civil war ii um and so there, the funeral of Rhodey like happened in the Captain America issue, and it was like all the black heroes together. It was like Sam, Misty Knight, Storm was there, Luke Cage, Nick Fury Jr., Doctor Voodoo, and they're like all talking about War Machine and like just being the black hero. And like Sam eventually has to be the one to give the eulogy about Rhodey, and he kind of like has this moment talking about like how him and Rhodey weren't always very close, but they like understood each other. You remember how you felt after that? other history issue with Black Lightning and Jon Stewart. Yeah. It was kind of that kind of moment for them. Except okay. for one was dead. Um, but it was, <laughs> it was kind of like building on the relationship like that. It's like, hey, we were always these two like Black heroes who were around. We understood each other. We knew what it was about. We knew what was going on. So I was like, I really liked that that kind of friendship or relationship was cemented in this episode. Yeah. I, w- I really appreciated them having specifically those two characters get and have a conversation about like taking up the shield and you know War Machine being like why come on let do you really need me to even ask tell you, you. I want to ask you yeah <laughs> why the hell you didn't take it up I appreciate that they they actually had that because that conversation was probably one any character could have had but it was best that it came from another black character so I appreciate Absolutely. that um. I love I loved the way that they were going to present like racial stuff in this because it feels mm-hmm. like the way that WandaVision kind of dealt with grief, I kind of had a feeling that this one was gonna have to deal with race. Well, I mean, you yeah. can't have US agent and like not, <laughs> not okay. do this, you know? And um when they were at their place or whatever, watching on TV of the U.S. agent getting the shield and 
the look on Falcon's face was like, I know these motherfuckers can't, they gotta be playing in my face. That wow. little scene you where like, you like, feel it. <laughs> you feel the tension. And like, and mm-hmm. so, you know, I have a rocky relationship with Anthony Mackie. Like, we all know that. Um, but like, I was really impressed with a lot of what he did here in this episode and just like what he brought to Sam and just like, like, like you were saying that moment where he was just watching that on TV, like you felt that, like you felt the rage, like you were mad too. It was so many people who were like, I'm ready to like punch you as Asian in the face myself. (laughs) Um, And especially again, like you mentioned, the um, government guy was the one who made the comment to him saying, you're doing the right thing after Sam just gave the speech about like how no one should be Captain America, but see, and here he, (laughs) <laughs> and here he is in this like, oh, no, we definitely need a Captain America. We definitely need a hero. It just wasn't you. You know, that was great. And it was also really good um, in the sense of with his sister, Sarah, like how she was kind of like in the background of that scene. It's like she she wasn't even watching TV. Like she was watching Sam because mm-hmm. she just knew like you felt like, damn, this was good. I felt for it. Yeah, I, I was like, I know. Because I, like, I feel like, man, we've all been there. Where yeah. I've been there, where I'm like, I know, I know they're not gonna get us to this white man. I know they're not. <laughs> I I have definitely been there where I have like worked my ass off on something, and mm-hmm. they have definitely passed over my work and given it over to some white man because he was white. And yeah, that's and just it. That's just that's just the end of it. And you just have to deal with it. And, like, <laughs> you keep know, going about your day and, and get denied for loans. <laughs> and if you call it out, then you don't want to look bad. Or they yeah. were they were trying to say that you were the one that looks bad. And I will say shout out to them for their US agent casting because they found the whitest white boy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's a shame because I actually like that actor a lot. <laughs> He's done like some stuff that I really enjoy. So it's like, yeah. it's like imagine yes. I'm gonna have to hate you this go right. Does he play like those characters often? I don't think I've ever No, seen honestly. He I mean, so he plays like a lot of like kind of I guess like gruffer characters that I've seen. Um, he was in this movie called Overlord. Amazing movie. I rec- highly recommend it to anybody. Um, but he was like the general sergeant. I, he's going to do a great role, great job as U.S. agent. I okay. can say that for sure. Like, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to hate him. Yeah. I f- and I hope people realize that that's the point of U.S. agent. Like, you're supposed to hate him. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, he's not like a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm excited for like where this goes. I realize that people may not like it as much as WandaVision. Um, you know, I feel like yeah, I feel like the gays ain't gonna go up for it because there's no like femme fatale for them to latch on to. No witch. <laughs> no witch. <laughs> <laughs> no magic. Um, but like still, I think like and I think that because of the structure of WandaVision and because of the way that it like works with the mystery behind it and like what's going on in this woman's head, like what is real and what's not, that ends up being a little bit more enticing for people to kind of tune into versus a show that's way more straightforward, I guess you could say. Um, but I, I think that it's just as good. It's just different. Yeah. You know? I think, I think, and I think this is like something that you kind of expect with like an action series. Um, we've talked about this when I spoke about Hellions, the comic book. 
and how I felt is though like it's a good comic book, but it feels like an action movie. It's kind of, you kind of know what's going to happen. You kind of expect it. It's telegraphed. However, the story itself is still enjoyable because of like the interactions that you're getting. That's what I feel about Falcon and Winter Soldier. It is fully an action series type of thing. And it's like you know what you're kind of gonna get. You know what to expect a little bit. It's gonna follow yeah. a lot of the similar tropes that we know, but the character interactions that we get throughout it are going to make it that much more worth it. Yeah, yeah. I I'm I really am starting to like the whole uh Disney Plus thing because it feels <laughs> it, it, feels, it feels more like episodic for this stuff which relates to the comics oh you mean just for these shows okay these shows, i thought you meant Disney yeah. plus as a whole oh no i won't go that far uh, <laughs> <laughs> i meant um although i don't know i watched a lot of disney plus but i think that's just because they've got that's where all the superhero content is like you know um but i feel like the Disney Plus shows so far for this for the MCU have been great because that like episodic feel mm-hmm. and like, really letting these characters like grow and show who they are. Um, characters who I don't think would have been marquee movie characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure how how well a Scarlet Witch movie would be compared to the WandaVision show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the same thing with a a Falcon movie versus a Falcon and Winter Soldier mm-hmm. show. Um, so. I like this. I like with this progress that we kind of get with these characters. I also like that they kind of like let them do what they want. It's like how, um, in terms of story structure and like you know, so you get nine episodes in WandaVision, but we're getting six episodes for Falcon and Winter Soldier. And it's like, you know, there were 30 minute episodes in the first half of WandaVision, but like this first episode was 50 minutes. And so it's kind of like, you know, they're just running to their own beat. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, I like that a lot. I want these to be great. Obviously, I'm never going to any any kind of superhero thing to be bad. Um, So I appreciate that they are putting a lot of effort into this. and, And it seems like they have the core of these characters right and they went about it by figuring out whatever the core for these characters are and doing the best way to translate on screen and with wanda it is not only like sadness but also like guilt for the things of guilt of her powers and the best way to show that would be traveling through her mindscape or whatever and Mm -hmm. and doing stuff that with them the core of these characters are probably their families and how they want to rise above their circumstances. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And, and that's what we see them doing. It's like yeah. we're going to see them fall into the dilemmas and the pitfalls of what their circumstances actually kind of cause them to do, especially like with Bucky. He's dealing that with the PTSD, uh, the older Asian man who he was befriending, who spoke about his son being dead. We come to find out, like, Bucky's the one who killed him. <laughs> that was wild. I, it, that actually didn't strike across my mind it, literally until like the second before the reveal. When he, when he, yeah, I was just like, oh, <laughs> damn. I was like, oh, I wasn't even thinking of that. Yeah. I was like, and, and again, it's just like you said, now you have to rise above the circumstances. Like, I'm around this man who I've like really come to respect or care about or whatever. And it's like, I hear him grieving about his son that I killed. Like, it's another situation that I have to deal with because of who I am and what I'm doing and like how I'm still kind of going to have to do it in some form or fashion. This is great. This is, this is why I love the street hero. It was, it was wild. (laughs) These street characters, 
They can give sometimes. The action can give. I will give it that for sure. <laughs> the, the action was really good in this. Like, I'm yeah. super excited. Like, and I'm not going to lie. I was a little, like, apprehensive because I wasn't sure how they were going to do a lot of his aerial combat. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> they got that. <laughs> they got it. I should know better by now. I yeah. should know better by now. Yeah. Like, the air, the aerial combat that. is 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 great. Um, did that. I'm excited to see when they finally team up. I wonder how long do you think that's going to be before they finally start crossing paths? Honestly, I feel like next episode. Next episode? Like, if any, like, at least they'll meet up by the end of the episode. Okay. Um, Like, it's only six episodes. Like, we, 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 that's can't, true. we can't dilly-dally. <laughs> I wonder how long do you think, how long do you think before he gets his suit and the shield? The end of the last episode. You think so? That's your prediction? Yeah. That's okay. And that is or, getting its own Captain America movie. Yes. Or it'll just lead like to him being in one of the Avengers movies as Captain America. Yeah, I agree. Um, I although he, I would say I would love for him to get it by like maybe the end or the the end of the fifth or the middle of the last episode because I would like to see him have his final fight in the Captain America costume. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. want to see him in it and like using it and fighting and stuff. Yeah, I don't um, want it to be like he does everything and then like at the end it's like we see him in the suit and then it cuts off. Yeah. <laughs> that would be annoying. Like, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of is that what happened with WandaVision? Did she basically like turn into her suit and then that was it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope that they give it a little bit more. I've seen some stills and some leaks of of the suit, and it looks really cool and very comic accurate. And I love the way that they've been like translating a lot of this into the MCU. Um, I did think Wanda's Scarlet Witch costume is a little dark. I wish it was a little bit lighter, um, but like a lot of this stuff has been very, very great, very great. I'm ready to see how this goes how we end up, and then where we go after this. Because Sam and Bucky haven't really been... Like, we know Wanda's going to show up in Doctor Strange. Um, mm-hmm. They haven't really said anything about where Sam or Bucky will be post Falcon and Winter Soldier, have they? No. They've kept that completely under wraps, actually. Mm-hmm. I wonder, do you think Bucky's going to die in this? Oh. I that would be about- not to be a nice. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it would just, it'd just be unexpected. It'd spice you know? some things up, yeah. It would be unexpected. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, don't. I wish. I don't really pay too much attention to the MTU actors and like their contracts. I know some people can tell you that you know Robert Downey Jr. is on for 15 movies or whatever. I don't know like <laughs> yeah. what Sebastian Stan is on or what Anthony Mackie is on, but I would assume we would. I can see Bucky dying. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. Done with the, with with Bucky right now because where do you go take him? His, I was gonna say his story right now is kind of all about like redemption and atoning for past mistakes and like being someone different. And so it's like you either gotta take him in two routes: you give him that, mm-hmm. or you don't. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so it's just um, I think if you give it to him okay, cool. Um, if you don't, you're either going to kind of run into the problem of giving him the same problems over and over again, or you just cut him off. Yeah. 
And, I and he'd be he'd be like the first big death since Widow. Oh, I guess. Oh, I forgot Tony and Widow died. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say they've had some pretty big ones so far. They just, um, I guess they're gonna stick, as opposed to like the comics where you know everybody comes back. But I mean, we got a couple of deaths that stuck so far. I mean, those two and Quicksilver. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. they can. Uh, I wish Quicksilver was around. I liked him. <laughs> I'm shocked they didn't bring him back. I really thought they were going to. I did too. I thought they were gonna bring him back just because he's a lot of fun. And why not? It was, it was one movie. That's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I would. I personally would be upset. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel away. <laughs> I would just be like, oh, everybody gets these multi-contract deals. And I'm literally here for one movie. You couldn't even. You couldn't even bring me back for the show. You like purposely got a fake version. I would feel some type of way. Yeah. Totally. Especially watching Wanda take off and now she gets she going into her own sequel and stuff. Like, yeah, I'd feel away. Over. Yeah. Mess. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. I like I said, I loved Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm excited for this. Um Ready. if there's one thing I've learned about these street level characters is that the action scenes give. <laughs> and you need. I'm here for that. Um, all right, y'all, you can find us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe us on anything that you listen to us on your podcast. Also, we are on YouTube, so definitely check us out and rate and subscribe us over there. Like the videos and all that good stuff. Leave comments. Uh, find us on Twitter at Another Relaunch. Um, you can also email us any questions or concerns, any other relaunches you may want us to read out on loud on here at anotherrelaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on most social media platforms at Uncanny LZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lance. You know, there's an underscore at the end. Yes, I know that's right. Peace out. Peace.